Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, a podcast about video games by the Nintendo fans at NegativeWorld.org. This is episode 59, and we are recording on Thursday, February 20th, 2014. I want to start the show with a warm welcome to my co-host, Joe. Hello, Steven. How's it going, Joe? Fine, fine. And uh, today we have the pleasure of having Game Dad Grant with us, or as most people probably call him, Grant. Uh, hoi hoi. <laughs> that was my best Greg Leahy impression there. Very well good, done. very good. I think any uh, media of any form in any contact should have a Greg Leahy impression somewhere. Sure. I concur. Saturday morning cartoons, nightly news, hip hop. I don't, and I don't care what it is. You know, how impressive for him is it that, like, what, what, two years after he stops podcasting and people still. It's true. I, you know. I still get excited when he comes on the. You know, Radio Free Nintendo. Yeah, uh, for whatever yeah. reason, he's he's just a smart guy. You know, yeah, he's very articulate. I think, and that's that's part of his charm. You know, yep. um, but uh, after us girls gush about Grant, uh, not Grant, but um, Greg, Greg, thank you. You, you can um, you can gush about Grant. That's fine. We can, we can gush about Grant. Sure, yeah. Um, who won? That's why we have you here, man. We were gushing about you for like hours, uh, like a week ago. And we're like, yeah, we gotta get Grant on the podcast. That yep. Grant guy is so great. Um, let's pretend that's how it happened. But Grant's <laughs> here with us, and uh, thank you for that. And um, pretty much life's been busy for us. And uh, you know what? Fuck that monologue. I had a little monologue I wrote like days ago, but I don't even need to, <laughs> to reference that. <laughs> Life has been busy. Um, that's why I can't even focus right now. But I'm going to try my best. Um, pretty much we're here to talk about a couple games we've been playing lately, but then we're going to dive into Nintendo Direct. We had one a week ago today on the 13th, and it had a ton of stuff in it, as they typically do, and a bulk of this podcast is going to be dedicated to that. We are also on a tight schedule. Believe it or not, we have to keep it to that today, so that's why I'm just going to shut the hell up, and let's just jump right in. Uh, Grant, what have you been playing, man? All right. Um, I've been playing a couple of games. first one I want to talk about is Project Cross Zone. It's a... Uh, strategy RPG um, on the 3DS. It's kind of a conglomerate game of uh, three different companies, uh, Namco, Capcom, and Sega. Um, it's like the third-party game, because it's got all these characters from all these third-party games. Um, there's some convoluted storyline about um, the bad guys. They steal this you know, special stone MacGuffin thing, and uh, the the worlds of all these different video games are getting uh, crossed with each other and the characters meet with each other and they, you know, maybe they're, you know, they fight each other for a little bit because they don't know, like, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. And, sure. And then they, you know, go on adventures and they have hijinks and, uh, you know, and there's this crazy amount of just insanity in this game. Um, it's a strategy RPG and, you know, these characters have, you know, they're all from the universes of their own particular franchises, right? And, like, they have all these built-up powers and, like, all their, you know, trademark moves and everything. And, man, they just, they, like, crank the dial to 11 when you unleash, like, your super moves, your special combos. Um, it's just, it's insane. Later on in the game, you'll have, you know, up to six different characters of your own on screen at a time, just wailing away at whatever bad guys in front of you. And the screen is filled with explosions and lasers and uh, gunshots and whatever else. It's, 
It's insane. Is it um? So is it not a turn base? Is it uh? What's the what's the opposite of that? It's um, real time. Uh, it is turn based. Um, the battles are kind of action though. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I don't know the best way to describe it. Uh, you you're allowed a certain amount of moves per battle. Um, and the object of the, of the battle is to link each attack with the next one. So you keep this combo going. And it's all done pretty simply with a, like it, everything's just done with the A button. And you'll get different attacks depending on which way you're pressing the D pad when you press the A button. So you may start off with just pressing A. And then right when that combo just starts to wither away, then you press r- left or right on the D-pad and then A, and then you just link that move into the next one. And the idea is to keep your uh, the bad guys, you know, either up in the air or juggled or whatever have you, so your combo keeps going and you rack up just, you know, insane amount of damage. Is this a combo with all the characters on screen, or is it just one guy each time um, you get this opportunity? Usually there's at least two of your characters on screen. Mm-hmm. Um. You guys are familiar with uh, with Fire Emblem, right? I, yeah, I know the series. I, I'm not too intimate with the details, but... Same with me. Okay. Um, well, basically, you have like the overhead map, and you can kind of move your characters right. around per yeah. turn. Um, if there are two of your units next to each other, and you engage in an enemy, or an enemy engages you, you can have both of your units attack that one enemy unit. Huh. So you could have upwards of you know, either just two two characters, three, four, and I've had upwards of six going all all at the same time. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, there's you know characters from uh you know a lot of the stuff actually isn't even on you know Nintendo systems like uh you know the Xenosaga, uh, Tales of Vesperia. Um, I don't think a Darkstalkers game has ever shown up on a Nintendo system. Hack. Uh, yeah, dot hat. Yeah, dot hat. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the stuff is familiar to uh Nintendo fans though. You, you got your Street Fighters, uh Resident Evils in there. Um you know, Sakura Wars, which showed up on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um and then Tekken. You know, Tekken showed up a couple times on uh on Nintendo uh platforms, so And Mega you Man know, Mega Man X and Zero are in there too, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And um so is uh oh shoot, what's her name? Role? Uh, who, who's the uh, the bad girl from uh, Mega Man Legends? Oh, Tron. Tron Bonnie. Tron She's actually a really funny character. She's got all her surf bots with her and everything. Um, But anyway, uh, it, r- really fun game. It's one of my uh, most favorite games from 2013. Um, There is some storyline. There's lots of dialogue. Lots of like hint, hint, wink, wink to the to the audience. You know, a lot of fan service here and there. Um. So it kind of like implies that these guys all have their own universes, but they just happen to be here as opposed to trying to make it like, oh yeah, we're in the same world somehow. So like right. Mega Man might reference, you know, Dr. Wily in some context, while Ooh La La will mention something about Space Channel 5 in some way. And like, yep. you know what I mean? Yep, yep, okay. You got it. Yeah, um, That's of course, fun. Mega Man X wouldn't reference Wily though, right? Well, okay, right. So you're just to be clear, I guess I was assuming it was Mega Man in general, but you're right. Mega Man X... Uh, what was it? Um, Prime or something or something like that. What was the enemy in? Oh, uh, Sigma. Sigma. Yes, <laughs> I got my math uh, references wrong. <laughs> well, is yeah. it Mega Man X or is it the Legends version? If Tron Bomb is there. Uh, 
yeah, Tron, Tron Bone's in there, um, but the Mega Man character actually is Mega Man X. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's funny because they even mix in different franchises with yeah. this, their spinoffs, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's really cool to see all these characters kind of interact with each other. And, um, you know, like some of the characters will actually recognize each other from previous times they've, they've met. Like, uh, Ryu and Ken recognize, uh, Jin Kazama. You know, Ryu and Ken are obviously from Street Fighter. Jin Kazama's from Tekken. Um, and they've actually met up before through, uh, you know, Street Fighter Cross Tekken and also from Namco Cross Capcom, uh, which was a Japan only PS2 game. So they're kind of like wandering around and they'll be fighting guys and then like Ken will be like, Hey, who's that guy over there? Oh, that looks like Jin. Oh, it is Jin. How cool. The characters will kind of know each other, right? Because they met up in other games before. Um, and then other ones, you know, it's the first time they're meeting. So they'll fight each other for a while. And then like, if they're two good guys, they'll say, Oh, we're actually on the same team. Let's, you know, not, not, not fight each other. Let's, you know, beat up on the bad guys. And there's some ongoing storyline in there, but it's really not important. The, the main hook of the game are the, are the battles, uh, you know, the crazy special effects. Um, all of it looked really good. If you turn on your, uh, the 3D slider on the 3DS, uh, really mind blowing stuff. They did a really good job, I think, with, uh, with the presentation of the game and, uh, all the combo stuff is just, it, it's a lot of fun just linking everything together, just racking up huge amount of damage on the bad guys. Um, that's about it, I guess. I mean, it's, it's a fun game. Um, you guys should check it out. Anybody that's like RPGs or likes, uh, you know, third party characters, that's your game. Yeah. I mean, not, not to leave you hanging there for a second, but I was trying to think of something that, uh, how to formulate what I wanted to say, but pretty much, my only question at this point is, so that's the battles and that's, uh, the characters and all that stuff. What's, um, I mean, do you just kind of run around on like a single quest? Then is it like an overhead view, like a traditional RPG? And then you just go into battle sequences or is it mostly battles and it's maybe more text-based? Um, yeah, it's, it's basically just battles. There'll be a dialogue scene and then you'll just move on to the next battle. There's no, Overworld uh, or anything like that. Yeah, no overworld, no adventuring. It's just, uh, you know, dialogue, battle, dialogue, battle. So, then this game's kind of perfect for anyone who's a fan of, you know, Namco Bandai, uh, you know, Capcom, all those three companies, whatever, that, uh, that have characters in here. And they like RPGs, but they love the battle, the battling, and not so much the exploration or possible puzzle solving. They just would like to get a distilled battle experience. Right, yeah, it's right. really works really well as a as a portable game because you can jump in there you know start a battle um you know pause it and you know put it in like hang mode yeah. and come back to it later it's a perfect pick up and play game um it's not entirely all that difficult um but it's just it's a blast to play um i will say this though you, you kind of have to do it in spurts mm-hmm. um this game is like super long i i haven't even beaten it yet i think i'm on 30th chapter give or take did you buy it at launch? Uh, I did. So yeah, it was I got like special June or something. Yeah, so that was a while ago then. Right. Was that before um, the E3 Best Buy visit we had? You know what? I can't remember, actually. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it, might, it might have been Apple. Yeah. But, uh, but wow. Okay, well, that's, that's cool. It's still kicking uh, after seven, eight months now. Yeah. And um, it, it's also uh, co-developed by... The Nintendo second party Monolith Soft. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. So you're helping out Nintendo too, by if uh, anybody's interested in buying this game. Well, and, and that's uh, it sounds like there's a bunch of trustworthy developers uh, within you know this project. Oh a yeah, lot of, a lot of big names, a lot of uh, solid, um, you know, games from from their. I'm so tired. I can't think of what the hell I want to say. The, uh, <laughs> you know, their franchises, franchises, the resume, you know, whatever I'm trying to get at there. Just games they've put out there, you know. Yeah, these are reputable companies. Pedigree there you the go. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Joe. And they and they really did a, a fine job representing each one of the uh, each one of the games, their franchises, the characters. You know, everyone's you know animated well. Everyone acts like you'd expect that character to act. Um, they got remixes of everyone's like theme song from each one of their games. Um, they did a bang-up job on this. I, I was really impressed by it. All right, great. Um, so anyway, that's Project Cross Zone. Um, the other game I've been playing is a Nintendo franchise called Pokemon. Uh, not sure if you guys ever heard of that. It's a game Sounds about you catch monsters and you have them battle each other. Sounds like it's for kids. Sounds like yeah. PETA's against it. <laughs> Uh, th- those games not for kids. It's totally hardcore. It's uh, it's pretty bloody. M for M for uh, for mature. It's uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't know. Oh, for Magic Carp. <laughs> um, no, of course not. It's a uh, you know, it's Pokemon. Um, I don't really have too much to say about this. Well, no, other than, you're, you know, you're playing X though, right? Pokemon. X. I am playing the X. Version. So you, there's a, there's a whole X theme with you right now. Yeah, yeah. That. It's that. true. <laughs> um. It, you know, actually, this game's pronounced Pokemon Cross. Yeah, actually, <laughs> Pokemon Cross. A lot of people get it wrong. And then but... its sequel asks Pokemon why. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry. Go ahead. So you're playing Pokemon X. Tell us about it. Um. Well, you know, Pokemon's Pokemon. Um. The basic gameplay hasn't changed all that much. Um. But man, it looks so much better than any other Pokemon game before it. You know, everything's in 3D. It's got this nice cell shaded look to it. Um, you know, the battles are in 3D. Um, it's got really cool special effects for the, the Pokemon moves. And, uh, you know, man, there are, there are a lot of new Pokemon. Like, for some reason, I thought there weren't really that many this time around, but there are way more than I thought. I thought there'd be only like 25, maybe 50 new ones. I'm, no, I may keep... be mistaken, but I think there's like over a hundred new ones. Yeah, they keep doing at least a hundred jumps. I think the second game, the Gold and Silver, added another 150, I think. But then after yeah. that, they may have gone to like 105 or something, you know, to add that. Right. It's always been a little bit more than 100 at least. And but, uh, uh, they still think of things to turn into Pokemon. Right. <laughs> Trash bags. I mean, obviously that was a few generations ago, but. but you know, um, that was also one of their worst ideas. But. Right, right. And I will say, uh, even though I haven't finished Pokemon X, so I don't have too much to say about it than I've already said on the podcast before, the designs of these new Pokemon are better work than in past generations. So, I, it, you know, the, the curve is going back up, I would say. Definitely. Um, yes, actually, I haven't finished the game yet either. Um, I just got my seventh badge. going to go for my eighth badge. I'm in uh, Snowbell Town. Cool. I think that's what it's called. Um, just beat uh, Professor Sycamore again. Um, and I caught the, uh, the legendary. I can't I'm not really sure how you pronounce this one's name. It's the the deer one from the expert. Xerneas. Xerneas. Right? Is that how you pronounce it? That's so, what I've heard. Okay. Uh, oh, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it's not Crossius or something? Uh, 
Uh, well done. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, look, so I, I got him in my party now. I'm looking forward to getting him because that's that's the main reason I got Pokemon X, uh, as opposed to Y. Mm. And uh, is he a pretty cool Pokemon or he she whatever gender you got? Are they um, a pretty good, pretty cool Pokemon? Or have you gotten to use them at all? Yeah, you know it's actually not too bad. Um, he's got uh, some, something called a Fairy Aura, which uh, powers up Fairy type moves, which Speaking of which, uh, the fairy type—that's that's a new type of Pokemon that's brand new to the uh, to the series with X and Y. Fairy moves are actually really powerful. <laughs> I was again surprised. Um, you know, I thought they wouldn't be that they wouldn't be all that effective against uh, you know too many Pokemon, but I've been knocking out characters left and right with uh, what's it called Moonblast? Yeah, is there is a special move? Are you concerned that it's too powerful or? Do you think it's good that they made this new type not just kind of a wimpy little thing just to have it, but they actually made it a real contender? Um, so far, it's been kind of overpowered, but um, you know, I'm, all I've played is single player so far. Um, I'm sure whatever the fairy's weak against is going to balance things out. Um, and it's probably course, can't yes. be. I was going to say it probably can't be more overpowered than the uh, the mega evolutions themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I, I don't mind having a super powerful character in my party because then I can, uh, you know, beat up people online and stuff. <laughs> sure. I don't mind it. Just even though it may take some fun out for some people to have, you know, a really strong character that just kind of blows through people. Mm-hmm. I with Pokemon especially, I just kind of like having a light jaunt through it. I'm not mm-hmm. a serious, you know, um, collector or I don't go EV crazy and all that stuff. Train crazy. So yeah. I don't mind having one guy that, even if I try to use other characters, I know I can just bring him in at the last second and just, you know, clean the floor and finish the, the thing and move on. Mm-hmm. That way the story never gets stagnant. I never get stuck grinding. So I don't mind having having an overpowered character to an extent, even if I don't use him all the time. Yeah, definitely. And actually, speaking of the story, the story's, um, it, you know, it's pretty simple. Again, it's Pokemon, but, man, when it wants to kick things up into, like, you know, the... I kind of hate using this word, but you know, quote unquote, epicness of the of the presentation and everything. Man, when when you get to uh, where you actually get to capture Xerneas, there's some crazy stuff that happens. Like, yep. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'll just look forward to it. All right, that, that's enticing <laughs> me to go do it because I'm I think I'm around the fourth gym. I think I just finished that when I had stopped. Okay, and uh, it it is on my backlog when I. That trip I was telling you off off cam um, or off recording or whatever I uh, you know I was actually out of state for a couple of days earlier this week and I looked at my backlog and I was like I'm gonna bring Luigi's Mansion with me which is what I'll talk about later but I almost brought Pokemon X but I was like I'll I'll wait a little bit but now I kind of don't want to yeah you're selling <laughs> you me get on it it's, it's pretty fun it'll probably be my next one after my next handheld backlog title after uh, Luigi which I'm I'm making good progress on but we'll get to that. So, yeah, um, Pokemon's good. It's, uh, you know, it's got great music, great presentation, the same solid, you know, tried and true gameplay. Um, and just really well done. And actually, I was able to, uh, to bring in some of my Pokemon from the past games with, uh, one of those new apps that Nintendo just released lately on the, uh, on the eShop. Uh, would that be Pokemon Bank? That would be Pokemon Bank. How, how did you enjoy using the Pokemon Bank? Uh, the Pokemon Bank was actually pretty seamless. Um, thankfully, it's free right now. Um, I put. Man, up- I wish I had. I wish I had the version you used. Because, uh, please continue, though. 
Okay, yeah, I, I heard there were some people had some trouble with, uh, you know, uploading the Pokemon to, you know, the quote unquote the cloud. The cloud. Um, I mean, I only put a, a couple of monsters up there. I didn't do like a mass hauling of it. Um, mm. so maybe just the fact that I only did a couple of monsters, it was really wasn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I got the, uh, I don't, is it an add on or whatever that, uh, the Poke Transporter? It's just like a second app, really. Yeah, it's like an app within an app. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I used that, and uh, I brought over some of my more powerful uh, monsters from Black and Black 2. Um, can't use them, of course, because <laughs> I don't want to have that 8th gym badge, so they won't listen to me. But uh, uh, yeah, bringing them over was actually a lot easier and faster than I thought it was. Um, I, maybe... I thought it'd be worse because I, you know, I saw on the board, people were like, oh, my, I can't believe this, you know, it's taking so long and it's kind of losing. I have to go through this menu to get to the next menu and then do this and that and the other thing. And I don't know. Again, I only did a few monsters. So maybe it was just either just because of that because I wasn't doing like a mass haul. But that's that's probably the difference then. Yeah. Because, yeah, Yeah, I, I, um, as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, I'm I'm pretty uh pretty tolerant of Nintendo. You know, I don't get uh, I don't get ticked off too easily. Steven is the same. You know, we work well together like that. But uh, I am officially disappointed in this system, and not just because I mean. So I had a lot of Pokemon to move, obviously, like you know, hundreds of them. Uh, and well, how many did what, did you say you moved? I know you said a couple, but was it like over thirty, under? Oh, no, it, I put four in the cloud, and then I moved over six from black, okay. uh, three from black, and then three from black too. Okay, okay. So, because one of my the biggest problems with it, it was that like you can only move thirty at a time, and that might sound like a lot and at a time might not sound like that big of a deal you know just okay you move 30 at a time it's a pretty good chunk but um the problem is every time you move them as you know you have to uh you know first you put in the ds game and then you send them with the transporter program well first you have to have them in box one you can't even choose outside of the game itself you have to have them in box one and then you use the transporter app to send them And then you have to swap out games, put it in a 3DS game, and then load up the bank program. And then you kind of import them from, I don't know where, like some part of the cloud to another part of the cloud. Uh, And that's that's your 30. And then you have to repeat that process every time. Um, And I'm probably not the only person who has like hundreds of Pokemon. I, I would assume that, you know, a franchise who's slogan is gotta catch them all would have like a lot of fans that would have a lot of pokemon so um i just i'm really really confused as to why as to why it would be set up that way now maybe there's a good reason maybe like the software architecture for black and white and black 2 and white 2 maybe that dictated that you just could not possibly move more than 30 at a time maybe that's what it is but um I don't know. I w- the moving process itself, I really wish uh, had been handled differently because I basically I had to set aside like an evening of my time to to do that. 
to move all the ones that I had. So uh, it was just super annoying, and it, it felt odd because it just it like I was just really confused why I had to go through the process in that way. Uh, it just really confused me that whoever it was, if it was Game Freak or whatever, who built this system that they felt like, okay, this is a reasonable way to go about the process. Um, just very surprising. Did you say you could only select from box one? Yeah, yeah, to send. From, from, like, from X and Y to the cloud? From black to... Or black to or white to or black and white. From the DS game. I heard something about that, too. Yeah. Huh. Like that was a restriction, um, so you'd have to, I guess, organize and then redo it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I want to say that I was able to select from any box. Yeah, maybe it was the one going to the cloud that you could select any one. Well, once you go, once you have everything either in the bank on the cloud or on your 3DS game, then you can move back and forth freely. Like those, you can move from your 3DS game, X or Y, you can move from any box to the cloud. Okay, and yeah, that's, I think you're that's right. That's pretty smooth. That's pretty smooth. Yeah. Um, my, so that, so really, so that, that was a kind of a one-time problem. I mean, I'm not going to have to do that ever again. I'm not going to have to move these hundreds of Pokemon in that process ever again. Uh, so my only gripe going forward really is that, uh, I do wish that the Pokemon Bank app was somehow accessible directly from the game. And, like, I wish you didn't have to quit out to go and sort of organize from what you want on the cloud and what you want on your cartridge. And part of the reason for that is, beyond just convenience, like, when I'm using, like, the, the global trading system, uh, if I see an offer online that I want to take advantage of, like, maybe I have that Pokemon, maybe I could make that trade, but in order to do so, I have to exit all the way out, load up the bank, swap the Pokemon, close out of that program, open up the game again, and then, you know, hope the trade's still there, and then go make the trade. Uh, so, my only complaint going forward is I, I do wish that they had actually integrated this a little bit more. Uh, and that's another thing that I just don't really see why they didn't or why they didn't think to to try to integrate it better um especially because you know something like the global trading system basically is already a cloud storage of pokemon and it can't communicate with my other cloud storage of pokemon and that's just kind of annoying hopefully that's fixed for future versions or you know i, I was going to say maybe they could have programmed it where, you know, when you're playing a game on your 3DS, you can go into the browser and use that freely or the notes. Um, I don't know if, you know, I mean, obviously those apps don't talk to the game itself, but maybe they could have done some coding to allow it to run like that. So mm. you still could have your separate app, but then have game functionality like an update patch or something. But right. uh, Nintendo has, they have a lot of great ideas, but definitely implementing them is not always their strong <laughs> especially when they get ideas midway. You know what I mean? Like Wii Motion Plus, which probably was an idea from the start, but it was something they couldn't implement till later, and then it was awkward how it fit into the world of Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, maybe with Pokemon, even with Pokemon Z or something, if that's even a thing, you mm -hmm. know, they could start doing that. But I, yeah, unfortunately, because 
one of the best functions in the GTS is you have the ability to sort results by Pokemon that you have, which is excellent because it, it basically just, you know, you have the option of asking the service, like, you know, show me the trades that I can make. Right, it's a relevance button. Exactly, exactly. But because these two systems do not talk to each other, in order for it to even give you that result, you know, it's only going to be based on what's actually on your cart, what's actually on your game save, as opposed to what you might have on the cloud in, in the bank. So it's just kind of... Yeah. Anyway. It would have been a lot better if it was actually implemented into the game itself, that's for sure. Yes, yes, yes. And as Steven said, you know, hopefully going forward, you know, hopefully this will just be... It'll just be this one time with this bit of awkwardness, because I do think going forward, it's actually really really awesome because hopefully it means like even the processes before, I mean the process before to get Pokemon from a previous version uh, or previous generation to the next one was pretty awkward and time consuming. Yeah. I think you mentioned that the, uh, you know, moving them from the, uh, from the GBA games to the DS games. Yeah. Like you couldn't even do that until you get to a specific part of the game. And then you like released them into the, is it the Poke Park? Yeah, yep. it, was, it was a Safari Zone type thing. Yeah, and then you had to catch them yeah. all over again. Even yeah. though it was super easy to catch them, but like it was weird. Yeah, you had to like save the download via yeah. a Park Ball. It was it was a funny way of making it like game relevant or story relevant to <laughs> hide the fact that it was really weird how Nintendo had to get them in there. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was really cool that you could plug in your cart to the system and then just. You know, you didn't have to worry about having an internet connection or anything. You could just do it. Right. You know, which you can't do now, you know. Yeah. Until the, the 4DS, which has four DS card slots, and you can have them talk amongst each other, you know. <laughs> you can have local multiplayer with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's bizarre, but, <laughs> but something that so, they can do. So anyway, I am excited about the future of it, and I hope that, uh, you know, I hope that uh, I hope there's not too many growing pains uh, from here on out, but... So it should be cool down the road. Bit of a pain right now. Yeah, Joe, actually, just while you were talking, I was moving over some the my box one from Pokemon White into Pokemon X just now. Mm. Yeah, that was, I mean, it didn't take that long because, you know, I was done before uh, this conversation ended. But, mm. yeah, that, that was a little tedious. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. I will say the actual communication with the server is probably surprisingly fast. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah, that's actually pretty impressive. So I don't know, I don't know how they got that right, and the rest isn't. But I don't know. Ah, shall we move on? Yeah, we shall. Okay. So that's so I've been dealing with with the Poke Bank, and the only other thing that I've really been playing is uh, finally moved on to New Super Luigi U. And I don't have a ton to say about this game, but uh, just a couple notes on it. First and foremost, I had been I had sort of heard that like that this game was just like going to be brutally difficult and like that no matter how prepared you were as a platform gamer, you were not going to be ready for New Super Luigi U. Uh, maybe I d- didn't hear enough opinions on it. Maybe hearing those opinions set my expectations uh, too high for the difficulty, but. It was very challenging, but it was not as like 
outrageously, insanely soul-crushing as I was expecting it to be. Are you calling all of the negative world noobs? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, careful. No, No, I'm not. Plus, it is worth mentioning, I mean, I did play them all two-player. My wife and I played through it. But even that, as I think we discussed before, two-player usually brings more I'd of a say challenge, about, if not more than an equal amount. You know, you well, get the. I guess to to add to that, I, I will say that when I was first playing it, I definitely felt that I was one of those guys who championed the the challenge in it. Um, mm-hmm. I I talked about finding a sweet spot at one point where I just got the game, and suddenly like the levels I could kind of breeze through them, but they also felt more fun, and I just understood the game better. In the end, when I finished the the experience, I realized it wasn't as hard as I made it out to be. Um, mm. There's something I think it was more of an adjustment period, getting used to Luigi, and it definitely it, is the harder game of the two, you know. Yes. But uh, but yeah, I mean, once you get the ball rolling and you get a little bit of confidence in yourself, I think it it's not as bad as as a lot of people, including myself, even said. Mm. Mm. Yeah, as soon as you get used to Luigi's uh, physics and his momentum and everything, it's not that bad. Um, that that time limit though, that's challenging, dude. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple times where we would be like, you know, we would have like two of the three star coins, and then we'd just be like, "Fuck it, we'll come back for the third one" because we just had to finish. Yeah. It, well, it does that you know that little chime that uh, sounds off in Mario games where you're down to a minute? You know, they yep. do that at the beginning of every single stage. Yeah. Right. And then, like, I don't know about you guys, but I, I forgot about it. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, there's only like 15 seconds left in the stage. Yep. Oh my god, I didn't realize I only had that much time left. Mm-hmm. And poor yeah. Luigi, I mean, he he moves fast, but he's not he's not that fast. So he he got timed out a couple of times. You know, I will say though that I think the the length, level length was pretty appropriate for what they were going for. Yeah. Never did I feel too far away from the goal to accomplish what I needed to, unless I was obviously exploring intentionally just to see what the heck was somewhere or whatever. But, yeah. Um, even though the time was a crunch, I never felt like it was cheap. Like, oh, there's not enough time at all. There right. is if I just choose to focus on the goal as opposed to whatever else I'm doing. Right. Yeah, I right. got timed out whenever um, I was looking around for those dark coins. Yeah, and a few times I felt like the game wasn't open enough to allow me to do that. But then again, too, later in the game as I got more... Uh, I, when I just got better at my abilities... Um, I felt like I was able to kind of deduce and, and be a little Sherlock Holmes and, and investigate quick enough to still make my way through the level. And of course, after a few pass-throughs where you focus on one area at a time, you know, you'll eventually find things. <laughs> you said deduce. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I laughed. Um, so I never, we never really used Nabbit, like at all. Yeah. We, we finished the game and then I kind of uh, insisted that we play a few more levels just to just to see what Nabbit was about because I'd heard that the character was like invincible. Wait, wait um, what, what is this? Nabbit. Nabbit. What's that? Yeah. The purple rabbit from the first game from uh from the Mario game. He's also in the Luigi uh, DLC, but he's got a special ability where if you play as him, uh, you are invincible, but you also can't use power ups of any kind. And of course, oh, okay. you can fall into a pit and still perish. But how did I not know about this? Um, 
I don't know. You're too into your 3DS, man. You got to look up and look at the Wii once in a while. You know, uh, the, the Wii U versions for noobs. You get invincible character. Oh, come on, <laughs> it's weak sauce. I know. <laughs> um, it, you know, it wasn't even promoted very much. I mean, Nintendo mentioned it a little bit, but uh, I think because it kind of it, it was more like a hey, you can do that if you need to, but you know, the game's hardcore. You know, I think that was their their aim, so it wasn't mentioned too often. Well, you still have to have someone playing as Luigi, right? So I believe so. Yeah, it's only a it's multiplayer like, option. Yeah. Oh wait. Okay. I just did a Google uh, image search. I nab it. Yeah, I know what that thing yeah. is. Now in the Mario game, you—he's just someone you catch. You, there is no playing yeah. similar thing. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the character. Uh, he looks like uh, Rovio from uh, Link Between Worlds. You've got things backwards, sir. <laughs> or uh, no? Well, yeah, because Awada actually referenced that in like um, one of his uh, Awada asks, I think. Right. Um, he was making a joke because uh, I guess both games were developed in like the same office space, so he's like, I can see where there'd be similarities, but uh, but they're not related, and um, so yeah, I'm just making fun of you, but <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, the character designs are very very similar. Yeah, yeah, I I knew what this thing is. I I was. Stupid for a second. So, what'd you think of uh, of playing as him, Joe? Uh well, uh, I didn't think too much of it, but but what was what was pretty awesome was kind of the uh, the whole new mechanic he brings to the power ups, which is that you know he doesn't get uh, you know he doesn't get the suits, he doesn't get the fire flower powers or anything like that, but he kind of collects them in his little bag because he's a little thief. And then, uh, if I'm understanding correctly, at the end of the level, all the power-ups you got as Nabbit, as long as you didn't die, uh, though he pulls them out of the bag, and then they convert to one-ups for you. That's which cool. is pretty awesome. I just thought it was neat that they actually threw in like a different actual gameplay twist with that character. So, yeah, I thought that, that was pretty cool. That was probably the, pretty, the, the coolest part about about that character and and its inclusion. Yeah, they could have stopped at just having him be like a, you know, just a helper, almost like mm. the uh, the green block or something like that, or the uh, the help block mm. you find in other Mario games. But you know, throwing an extra bone out there for uh, for people who are maybe less experienced or need more help. That's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And again, it's all optional in the end. I mean, yes. I like I like that Nintendo does that. I remember there was a lot of controversy back when uh, the very first you know, of that kind of thing was coming out. The super and, guide? Yeah, the super guide, yeah. And people just went ape shit over it. Like, it was the end of Nintendo oh. being, you know, full of challenging games. But I kept assuring people, it actually means that they now can make more challenging games, you know, because they have a cop-out. They don't have to make baby games, quote-unquote, you know what I mean? So, that's cool. And speaking of options, I also liked how... I think it was after you finish Luigi U, then you can replay the boards and you have the option of uh, the Mario physics. Oh, yeah. So, so if you get tired of the Luigi physics, there's that little block at the start of the levels and you can hit that and turn on the more traditional physics and yeah. controls, which is, again, just back. an awesome option. Yeah, I, know. I did that for three seconds and I was like, this just feels wrong. And I just couldn't do uh, it. Yeah. Like, my head, you know, I kept expecting Luigi physics because I keep seeing the green. It's it's trained at this point. So I was like, uh, get your Luigi out of my Mario. Or your Mario out of my Luigi, I should say. <laughs> but, uh, um, the only other thing I'll say is that uh, it was actually pretty darn cool the second time around. Well, for Luigi U, 
I changed the Meverse options to only be friends posts. So when I played through Mario U, I just had it be, you know, friends and random people. And it was, it was okay, but uh, like a lot of the posts were just really kind of stupid, you know, from random people. But, um, but for Luigi U, I made it just my friends, uh, which is, of course, mostly you negative holders. And it was actually pretty awesome because some of them were actually really practical and helpful. Um, there is a classier level of gamer at negativeworld.org. <laughs> yes, yes, I think that's true. So, so it was just pretty. It was pretty nice to have, especially on this game. That uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like I said, Luigi U is more difficult, but uh, it was nice to have sort of the input from the uh, from the group. Uh, especially, people did a good job of like of giving hints without necessarily. I don't know, spoiler would be the right word, but they didn't just say, like, go here. It'd be like, check out this area or something like that, or, like, pay attention when this happens. Well, I think with gamers like us who visit Negative World and actually uh, post there and stuff, we're we're gamers who have the mentality of growing up with that kind of thing. Like, you you want to know something, but you don't want to be told it flat out. You like the challenge. So we know, you know to, to do better unto our, you know, peers... That we should uh, almost let's let's try to be crafty and uh, and create clues and and be slick, but not actually say things direct. Well, you know, you got your random uh, internet user, maybe a not to stereotype, but maybe a young teen or elder child who's gonna be like, ah, I'm just gonna say it and be all cool. Look what I found. It's right here. You know, as opposed yeah. to being a little more uh, cryptic uh, or respectful or whatever. True. True. Cyber so, classy. Classy folks over in Negative World. Keep it classy. Um, so yeah, so Luigi U, good experience. And I don't know what our next Wii U experience will be. I'm not sure what's next for us. Uh, yeah, so. Dude, it better be Donkey Kong. Uh, maybe. I'm you trying guys... to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get Amy a little more excited about it. I don't, she's not too excited about it right now. So. Yeah, don't, don't talk about it. Because I'm not getting it yet and i uh, only on the principle that i'm trying to save money even though i can afford it right now but i'm trying to be responsible i have other games to beat and i'm trying to do one of those things right now yeah and yeah, yeah. i keep making references because i know it's coming out tomorrow and uh i even got home from work today and iCal it had a little alert <laughs> that tomorrow donkey kong releases i was like son of a bitch because i put that there months ago uh-huh. and um and the trailer in the nintendo direct was so awesome i just i want to i gotta fight it though so it's it's gonna suck. Let's not talk about it. And um, yeah, Steven, it so, sounds like you're making a, a level-headed, rational <laughs> decision. I mean, I kind of am, but I also which is stupid. You should buy the game. I know, I know. <laughs> no, but then I'll never beat Pokemon X. Yeah, but Nintendo needs more money. Well, hell, I'm, <laughs> I'm honestly slightly, very slightly, but I am still slightly upset that I'm not gonna get the extra Club Nintendo coins from buying it right away. Oh uh, yeah, see what all you're missing out I'm on. Missing out, I know. I'm not gonna be able to, you know, get the next uh, folder pack from Club Nintendo. <laughs> but um, anyway, but uh, if you're all set, Joe, I'm gonna take this opportunity to segue it to another Luigi game because that's right, we linked it all here. Go Without for it. Without a game, we linked it. And, Go for uh, it. You know, it's still the year of Luigi. Uh, for at least another month. So by the time the podcast oh, gets oh. out, it'll have just ended. Probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love getting on my true. little podcast here, but. Uh, yeah, so 
like I said, uh, actually, I forgot if I said this on the podcast or not, but um, or if it was before the, re- the recording, but Luigi's Mansion 2, which um, I honestly hated for a little while. I loved the first game. I had beaten it within the first two days of owning a GameCube, and I thought it was the one of the most incredible things I had seen in a while. I was excited to get Luigi's Mansion 2. I, I wasn't at first, but it built up. And then I got it, and it was fun. And then that first boss was a pain in the ass. And then I got a little bit through the second mansion, and I was like, I got other things to do. Donkey Kong's coming out soon. I got to get ready for that. Um, <laughs> and then right. and then it just sat there for a while. Animal Crossing came out, and I didn't touch any other DS games for a while. Um, and so then, of course, I had to fly sort of, well, to Chicago, but I had to, you know, I had a trip in Illinois to, to go to, and I was like, I need something for the plane. I won't bring Animal Crossing. I will actually do myself a service and actually play a backlog game. And uh, I chose Luigi's Mansion 2, and I got through where I was stuck at, and the second mansion boss was fun as hell, and I was like, this is cool. So I was I was, I was into it again, finally. And then I was pissed about it again today. So I, I have mixed feelings for this game, um, but I realize the only thing that I have issue with is the bosses. And um, I guess to elaborate on that, I don't, I don't feel I should go into the details of what the game is. I mean, I'm pretty sure most of our listeners know what Luigi's Mansion 2 is about. You know, Luigi goes into some haunted mansions to help uh, Professor Egod um, find pieces of... That's the better way of saying it, yes. uh, To find pieces of the Dark Moon that have been broken up. It's just a, you know, a trope of find the items. You know, it doesn't really matter. Um, And each mansion is split up into different chapters. So I got hung up randomly because I was a little bored... Uh, the first boss, again, he kicked my ass a little bit, and I didn't really like that. Not that I don't want challenge, but the bosses, I feel, are overly challenging compared to the rest of the game. So, the first boss, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, is um, a giant tarantula, and or a giant spider in general, and he kind of keeps running at you, and he wasn't too hard to beat, but I remember having a lot of trouble with him at first. Luigi's kind of a slow character, even when you're running, and uh, and because you don't have the dual analog or even like a Wii remote, it's a little hard to aim correctly or or you know manipulate your flash and your uh, your special lamps. I don't know what what the heck they're called. Your your charge up beam, that kind of stuff. Even though the game does, I to its credit, it does do a pretty good job of keeping you oriented generally where you want to be as long as you're facing there the general vicinity uh, at first. So if you're facing away from, you know, from you, even if you move around, you'll kind of just lean a little bit. You'll still stay focused. If you're facing to the right or towards the camera or whatever, you'll still do the same thing. So it's not too bad, but it still is a little frustrating. And I had trouble with it, and I didn't like it. The second boss was not so much a battle. There was a battle, but there was a lot more of a puzzle aspect to it, going up this really long staircase and everything. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And then I started having more fun in the actual levels again. Um, at first, I was really bored with going into the same mansion like five times instead of kind of just doing one and being done. And I'm, I'm appreciating it more now. I'm also paying a little more attention to the rooms and paying more attention to the detail. So I realized that this is a game you just want to have focus with and, and patience, I think. And the third mansion boss, which I just got to uh, yesterday... It it's the whole the whole mansion itself is kind of clock themed, and so the final battle is also very 
time and clock themed, and it's really cool, but it, it was tough. Uh, I guess I didn't get the hang of certain parts of it. There's a bunch of different pieces to the boss, and I did beat it right before we started the show, so I'm going to move on to the fourth uh, mansion, which, lo which looks really cool, but I don't know. I mean, I've kind of rambled really quick. Uh, Grant, I'm guessing you've beaten this game? Um, actually, this is on my... Uh... I, uh, my backlog of shame. I actually what? haven't started this yet. Then, uh, well, you should have stopped me because I didn't mean to detail some of the bosses and stuff. But no, no, um, it, it, it's fine. Um, although it's not really spoilerish, even if you you know ahead of time some details, the experience is still very novel and uh, and you'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, my my kids actually played this game more than I have. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, it is one I I, I intend on uh, getting to and beating. Um, I also had plans to go and beat the GameCube game first, which I also have never done. So oh. I, I, I'm just doing the, the year of Luigi, uh, an incredible disservice. And, uh, I, I gotta apologize to the guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would recommend playing the first one before you play the second. Not yeah. that there's some sort of story continuity really, but to get, I don't know, it's kind of like you probably should, if you, if you have the option, play one of the earlier Mario's before you go into, uh, you know the newer ones, just to have some context. You know, if right. you really want to have context, if you're just if you're just playing games to play games, then sure, play with them whatever order. But if you actually care about like video games and Nintendo, and you have some interest in it uh, beyond just you know the pure fun of it, it is uh, it's good well, to would, have that kind of back. Would you say the mechanics of the second one expand on the first one, or do they reinvent it? Like, do they build on the first ones? Uh, yeah. gameplay mechanics, or do they make their own? They, um, well, they definitely do both. Okay. But, <laughs> but the thing is, because of that lack of dual analog, I feel like the overall control is actually less. It's a mm. little more frustrating. It's a little less, um, uh, see, I'm so tired. I can't think of the good words today. <laughs> I'm not a wordsmith at Responsive. all. Responsive. No, that's not it, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I did hear that um, it was Next Level Games that did this game, right? Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I believe I heard, that's true. Yeah, they were going to uh, implement uh, the CirclePad Pro um, as like an option, but the way that they designed the controls for this particular game, they found that it actually wouldn't have helped the game at all, and they just kind of left it as is. It was like a directive choice to not implement dual analog for this game. Well, I don't know how the dual analog really feels in my hands or anything. Um, I'm glad that they didn't, because I do... I know that sounds ridiculous, because you'd think that I'd want you know, it to be like the GameCube, but uh, what they've done here, I think, is very good for what the DS can offer. I don't think it's it's bad in any way. I mean, Obviously, it's different, because the 3DS is different than the GameCube controller. But uh, I think they still did a great job, regardless of my gripes about it, and... Um, and I think it's more accessible if you don't have to have that circle pad pro. So well, it sounds I, like your, your only real issues was the, uh, were the bosses, right? It, yeah, it really is. I mean, going through a little bit slower paced, um, through the different rooms. And even when there's a bunch of ghosts to attack at once, it's different. It feels different when you're exploring the house and everything. But with these bosses, since they're, they're big, they're bad, and they're always just after you, you know, that that's all their focus is, is to attack you. And a lot of them tend to, like, do 20 HP per hit, and you only have 100 anyway. So unless you can get some hearts, which aren't very uh, scattered, you know, then bosses can be really tense. And so 
Sounds um, like you could use a uh, an option to use Nabbit for those, huh? <laughs> yeah. Luigi's Mansion, Nabbit's Adventure. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, he grabs his ghost, tosses him in his bag. Yeah, maybe he is a ghost. We don't know what he is. Um, maybe he's Rovio's ghost. If Triforce Bunny is listening to this, I'm sure a brawl in the family comic is brewing right now. I hope. I'd love to be in that sure. thing sometime. Um, although I'd be cut out of the story. It'd be you two talking and then some whole story uh, coming out of that <laughs> um, with my luck. But yeah, so all in all, I'm having a lot of fun with the game now. Uh, even when it gets frustrating, I know that there's more fun to be had, and I'm looking forward to things now. So I had a weird slump. Maybe it was a bad time for me in gaming, but uh, but I'm in it to win it, and it's going to be happening soon. Because uh, as of for the games that I'm actually planning on buying day one, uh, the next ones there is one next month, but they really don't start happening until May, and we'll get to that shortly when we talk about the Nintendo Direct. But uh, so I have I have time to work on the backlog. So uh, moving well, plus on. Plus, you have Donkey Kong coming out tomorrow too. Zip it. Moving <laughs> on from. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, and part of my thing of waiting too is because, like, my girlfriend made a comment this Christmas how I have n- there's no video game she could buy me because I already had everything I wanted, and I tend to buy all the games I want as they come out throughout the year, and I always, you know, I usually buy them on day one, and so I don't know. I was like, you know what? I'll wait on this one. I'll play some other games. It'll be there when I get back, and you know, not that I mean, my birthday's in November, so it's not like there's any holidays to. You know, for a, for a girlfriend to have the opportunity to buy her for her boyfriend, but um, you know, maybe I'll get it as a gift somehow, some way, or maybe it'll go down in price and I'll feel good that I got a deal on it. Yeah, I'll have patience. I'm 28 years old. I should be able to have patience by now. You should convince her to get you an early birthday present tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I guess I could try that. See, by the end of the podcast, I'm gonna guilt you into getting you Donkey Kong. Yeah, I don't know. It's possible. I mean, you live close enough to just drive to my house, show it to me, and then give me the finger and walk away or something like that. Like, <laughs> so you could totally just tempt me, uh, you know, literally like that. But, um, but you it know, let's, let's move on, though, to my other game, uh, which I just wanted to mention because I'm working on it right now, uh, mainly because of Plute, who made a big-ass thread about it. And it was a really funny thread, uh, kind of coaxing everyone who who lurks in the shadows and has not beaten Xenoblade yet to do so and rise up like some sort of revolution, which is probably an offensive way to put it considering all the unrest in, I think it's Ukraine right now. But um, what happened is I actually booted my Wii up, and I started playing Xenoblade again, oh. and it turns out I was very damn close to the end. So um, I did a little grinding, I did a little you know, uh, arts leveling, I manipulated my ar- uh, my armor and stuff like that and kind of got some sweet stuff going on. I was going to try to finish Colony 6 and rebuild it fully. I'm only one thing away, but of course I've... Uh, there, there's one item, literally one damn thing I need, and it's locked away because the story has progressed so far that I can't go back to that area. And while I can trade for it from a guy named Shilks, that son of a bitch won't do anything to me until... Uh, like, I literally worked my ass off to get Colony 6 up to a certain level so he'd finally move there, because that's the condition you need for him to give you the item. But it turns out you need to have your affinity with um, with either him or with his group up to five hearts. I'm only at two. 
so I have to do stupid quests after stupid quests just to get like the affinity up in general for the stupid item, which then would complete Colony 6, which then I would apparently get nothing of importance. So I said, screw it. And I was going to try to beat Xenoblade before this podcast so I could gush about it and say, yeah, I did it. And last night I sat down and I got my butt kicked. But that's because I'm uh, I'm at level 80, which sounds like a lot, but apparently it's not. Um, I, uh, I'm, I got to the... It's not even the last boss or anything, from what I understand, um, from the little hints I've heard of people uh, talking, but it is the first boss after the point in which the game warns you, you cannot save, you cannot go back, that kind of thing. Oh, so, yeah, you're totally right there at the end, then. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I guess, uh, I mean, Joe, tell me again your experience with this game. I beat it a while ago. Right, okay, that's what I thought. Many, so, many moons ago? Yeah, yeah. No, I, you know what, and we talked about it on the podcast, I just, I have a really selective memory, and I apologize. Um, that's cool. But I just want to make sure, uh, Grant, you've also beaten it. Uh, nope, I have not beaten it yet. No, but wait, are you right there then? How'd you know I was so close? Psychic powers. <laughs> Can I talk about this boss then? Yeah, bit? yeah, go okay. for it. Um, I just wanted to mention more specifically what I'm fighting. I'm fighting, uh, well, no, I don't want to spoil it for the people listening, but um, it has been like <laughs> what, two alert. years now that this game's been out. Um, so it's not like it's a new game, but yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, but I'm at the point where Shulk and the, the rest of the guys are uh, fighting the juiced up uh, on Telethia blood or whatever, uh, Dixon. And um, he's he's honestly not that hard. I beat his first, the first wave where you have to get him down to like half health and then you see more story, which I think is a cool part of the overall um, Xenoblade experience that some of these fights happen like that. You know what I mean? It's kind of cool because it kind of feels weird when you're playing an RPG and you knock a guy down to all of his health, and then he's, like, just out of breath in the cutscene. He's like, oh, okay, well, I'll see you later then. I, I'm done with this fight for now. I just kicked your ass. You should be, like, deceased. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but instead, he's just out of breath. So I'm glad that, you know, you actually do win them, and then, then it cuts to, you know, so it makes logical sense in that in that regard. And uh, so the second wave of him, he's much stronger, even though his level hasn't changed, but clearly they've juiced him up some more. And, uh, yeah, he was just being too rough with, uh, with my team. I found a, who was I using? Melia, uh, Melia, Sharla as, as a healer. And I think I stuck with Ryan cause he's kind of a good tank I got. Um, but I even switched over to Ricky to try to get him to be my tank. Um, but he's not, I never really focused on him throughout the whole game. So he's not really, it's Ricky time. <laughs> no, it doesn't ring. Oh, is that bell. is that not it? No, it doesn't sound mm. sound good either. Um, it's Shulk time. It's Rhine time. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, so you know, it's it's been tough. So I guess that's my other gripe with the, both games I'm playing right now is that the damn games have these really hard bosses. But I'm just gonna level up. I'm fighting in the Satori Marsh. Unless you guys have better things to tell me about this. Um, I've been fighting like uh, the green ferris, which is like a tiger or whatever, and some of those uh, big ass owls in the Satori Marsh mm-hmm. or whatever. And I've been getting a lot of XP that way. So after fighting ten to fifteen, you know, I moved from seventy eight to seventy nine and kept doing that, and that's how I got to eighty. Um, I don't know if there's a better place to train, but I just want to get up to like eighty two because I think that's where uh, Plute said that he was at. 
Um, or somebody, I don't know, I forget, the thread's gotten pretty big. But uh, 82 sounds like a good spot to be, 82, 83 maybe. So I sounds like you just going to have to spend some more of your rind time grinding your levels. <sighs> grind rind time. <laughs> it's <What>? grind time. <laughs> um, by the way, I'm moving my shoulder and my arm right now uh, in a circular nice. motion. Um, yes. Got to keep that rotator cuff loose. Yep, yeah. <laughs> I love it, though. Um, it, it is a great game, and I can't wait to finally beat it. I'm at over 130 hours. And uh, and a lot of that was doing questing and stuff like that, not the main game. I definitely spent a lot of time. I got a lot of uh, time, energy, and value out of this package, and I'd like to just put it away and start the last story, because that's also on my shelf. So it's been fun. The last story is awesome. You should get to that. That's what I hear. And so I bought it when it was pretty cheap on Amazon, and I've you know I knew I would want to play it, and I didn't want to have a situation where you know like with Xenoblade you can't find a damn copy for normal price, so I snatched it up, knowing damn well I wouldn't get to it for a while, but I want to get to it now. So because that Donkey Kong game that'll be there for a while. Now you're going to be getting that Donkey Kong game tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'm going bowling tomorrow. So bowling for Donkey Kong? No, although I wish I had a bowling ball that, that like looked like Donkey Kong somehow. That'd be sweet. Then the pins could look like bananas. Oh, I'm gonna have an awesome dream tonight. Thanks, man. <laughs> but uh, okay, so anyway, let's move I'm on please. though. Uh, we've already kind of eaten into our ND time, and I do not want to uh, to delay that any further. So much so that I don't even care. Let's not even have a break. Let's just go into it. How's that sound? Go. All right, we are into it. Um. Topic number one. <laughs> I would do that if I knew how many topics there were going to be. Um, we got a lot to talk about today uh, with that Nintendo Direct, guys. Um, did you guys all watch it live? Not live. I watched the recording. Yeah, I watched the recording as well. Oh, I rushed my ass home like it was the Olympics or something. Um, and <laughs> I, I grabbed a soda from the fridge and I skidded in front of my TV. And <laughs> I just, cause like the stream, actually what I did is I, uh, took my HDMI cable from my computer, plugged it into my TV, put that damn thing up on the 40-incher, and uh, and just laid in bed with a soda and enjoyed the hell out of it. And I just caught the beginning of the Smash Brothers reveal um, for the new character, and uh, I was sitting pretty for the uh, for the next 45 minutes. It was a, it was a pretty good show. Nice work. Yeah, that mm, sounds awesome. It was it was very nice. But I mean, did you guys overall did you think it was a, a good showing from Nintendo? I enjoyed it. I, you know, there's a, um, all right, here's the thing with Nintendo Directs. Um, sometimes they deliver stuff and sometimes they don't, right? Um, sometimes they'll just an- announce stuff. Well, they'll talk about stuff that's already been announced. Right. You know what I mean? And they did and, that a little bit here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we did. Um, but we also got some great new, uh, reveals. We had some games that were available directly following it. Yeah, um, that's a cool thing they do. I do like that. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> that's probably my favorite thing about, you know, Nintendo Directs that do that. And they're like, hey, here's this new game, and you can download it right now. I'm like, damn right I'm going to do that. Soon <laughs> they're going to be like, you could download it yesterday. You just didn't look, you son of a bitch. <laughs> hmm. you, yeah, a lot is, uh, you know, Pretty verbally abusive when he uh, when he mentions stuff. Eventually, like that. Oh, yeah. the game's going to be like next to you, and he'll have placed it there before the show. You're right. And uh, <laughs> it's everybody look in your left shoe, you know, <laughs> like he's Santa Claus. 
Because he's like Oprah. I was like, you'll get a game. You'll get a game. You'll get a game. <laughs> and he names us all by our actual names because there's some sort of weird thing happening to the computer. Right. Um, <laughs> upon like, each... in your living room right now. And you're like, what? You look over and he's like sitting there having a soda. He's like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> some Japanese herbal tea. <laughs> Directly to you. <laughs> uh, anyway. But sorry, I cut you off, I think, huh? Um, no, yeah, um Nintendo Direct, thumbs up for me. Okay. And Joe, I mean you you enjoyed it? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, a lot of negativity on this podcast, as usual. So <laughs> let's get specific <laughs> though, because uh what what we did um to our listeners out there, let's explain this. Uh with every Nintendo Direct in the past, what I've done is I've kind of created a chart of everything that was talked about. Me and Joe and and the guests, we kind of vote on what we would prefer to talk about or what was important to us and then we tally that up and then whatever however the rankings go that's what we focus on so it was no surprise that the smash brothers reveal was not only the first thing in the show but it was also the uh main thing that we all could talk about and wanted to talk about um it was uh again spoilers for anyone who didn't see the show but little mac uh was revealed and he was it was done so in a really cool way uh, with kind of like a cell shaded, but not really, more like a hand drawn cell shading um, animation that uh, it kind of looked like a flash animation. Right. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of like sh- you know very distinct lines and bright colors or whatever, distinct colors. Um, well, it had all the uh, sound effects. You know, it was all very motion comic-y. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. More like a comic strip or something. Right. Um, yeah. With like black lines being scribbles and stuff, right. uh, which kind of looks like the 3DS style of the Smash Brothers game in itself, but not exactly. And I would think that because the 3D bonus game that came out for the Wii isn't really the canon game in the series, uh, that they wouldn't really have a lot to pull from in a 3D sense. So it makes sense that they kind of made their own 2D thing from it, you know, their own uh, thematic quality, I guess. And I think that's going to carry on throughout the um, his representation in the actual final games. So wait a minute, wait. Oh, the, the Wii game isn't Punch-Out Cannon? What? Is that right? <laughs> I'm just saying it's not, I mean, it's... I guess, well, actually, I'm thinking of Doc Lewis's Punch-Out or whatever that... Because there was, there was an actual Punch-Out full-fledged game, right? Right. And there was, like, Doc Lewis's Punch-Out, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so I, I guess I'm just saying since most of the games in the series were more 2D, that they probably didn't want to go with the graphics, which were kind of cartoony in a weird 3D way, right? In the, with the Wii game. Okay. Yeah. Well, the the Wii game was uh was all shaded too, though. Okay, then I'm I, I'm not a big fan of the series. I'm going to be honest with you guys. <laughs> so, as much as I'd like to edit this out of the podcast, because I probably sound like an idiot. Um, I'm just going off my memory and I'm just trying to lead in. Uh, You're doing so fine, kid. I'm drowning here, dude. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just you need you need a chocolate bar is what you need. I or I stuck some eight. chocolate during the last segment, so I don't need anything. I just need uh some sleep, I guess. The thing um, about me using that joke on someone who just said they don't follow Punch Out that close is oh yeah, there's some reference there I don't get. <laughs> So <laughs> Actually, I've heard a little bit about that. I, does does Doc Lewis eat chocolate bars a lot or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's his favorite thing. And um, when you actually fight him in the uh, in the Doc Lewis's Punch Out, mm-hmm. 
Um, he oh, actually yeah. uses that as a power up. You have to like knock it out of his hand as, as you're fighting him. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I th- I think it looks great. Even though I'm not a fan of the series, I think the introduction was really great. I think it was really solid. It was they had some humor in there, and uh, I think he's going to be an interesting character to play with. Yeah, he does look really cool. They they made a, a focus on how small he is, and Grant, I know you just posted in a thread today about uh, like what did you say exactly? Tell the audience. Uh, yeah, um, your comment was- about his height. Yeah, I thought he would always, he was like short because his name's Little Mac, right? So he's, you know, smaller. He's always shorter than all the boxers. But, uh, in today's pick from, uh, from Sakurai, he's actually not that short. He's kind of crouched down, uh, standing next to Samus. And I feel like if he is standing like full height, like without his knees bent, Samus would still be taller, but he didn't look like he'd be this like tiny little guy. He's kind of like a normal, maybe five, seven, five, eight. Well, what I wanted to respond with, and I actually didn't put it in there because I figured I'll tell you today, uh, I'm thinking he's always going to be crouching to some degree, you know, and you can kind of see that, I think, in the footage. So I think you might be right in terms of his height, but I think in terms of the gameplay, mm-hmm. he's always going to be kind of crouching ready to punch. That's kind of like, you know, his his whole MO. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So, uh, so I don't know, I mean... <laughs> Height, height aside, I think they just use it mainly for you know for a joke. I don't know if it'll be that relevant, um, but I, but in a way, I think they're making him small, and and for that, they're making him really powerful because it seems like when he's on the ground, he is quite the ass kicker. Yeah, those, those punches of his are fast, and that whatever that power meter that builds up at the bottom of the screen, like I at first I thought that wasn't like a like a one hit KO kind of move, but. I don't know. After I rewatched the Nintendo Direct, I, I think it might actually be a one-hit knockout. Yeah, uh, it could be. Uh, well, what about like um, his beefed-up thing? Like that? There's a couple screenshots where he looks like he's on steroids. Yeah, that's the. Uh, I forget how it works in the Wii Punch Out game, but that's he goes like Super Saiyan or something. Yeah, there's a, so, there's a play remote in the Wii game, and once your um, once your power meter builds up big enough, then uh, then you or the second player can activate Gigamac, and uh, you know just be able to punch you know harder and do more damage to your uh, to your opponent. Now, do we think that this is wait? Did uh, did Sakurai actually say anything about him being a that being a final smash? I don't think so, so, but I would have to assume that seems like the logical conclusion. But that's the thing I was wondering about. Do we even know that Final Smashes are officially coming back? We all presume they would be, but mm. since they haven't been announced yet, I don't know if this is a clue to Final Smashes being in the game or if it's something else altogether. Hmm. Mm. You're right. I totally assumed that they'd be back, but... Uh... It makes a lot of sense. I mean, why else yeah. would they be so roided up, you know? But we haven't really seen that. I, I, I think it, I think they will because I think in HD you're, you're going to have a lot more particle effects, a lot more uh, flare. They're going to want to do final smashes at least once in an HD environment, you know. Mm. But uh, but I don't know. It just hasn't been confirmed, so I I didn't want to assume. Hmm. There could be something new that they're holding back on with that. Uh... You know, maybe they'll work slightly differently this time around. Like, maybe it won't be the little smash ball. 
Right. Um, well, I mean, Little Mac already functions differently. He's got that build-up oh, yeah. power meter that's different yeah. than any other character. Which I think is great. I think I think that's nice. Like, I like how um, like the ice climbers play a little bit differently than other uh, characters. Like, I like I like when they have in Smash Brothers. I like when each character has its own unique. Like, it's like playing a different game almost. Yeah. You know. But they don't seem to be like the ice climbers. I felt like you did that they were different, but not that they were different in a bad way or a good way, like overpowered or underpowered. They yeah. just were different. Like playing as Olimar, I find to be a pain in the ass. But there's some people who are excellent as him. Mm-hmm. It's just about learning the character and everything. And yep. um, even Jigglypuff, you know, was a great contender with or without her little down B move or whatever. Jigglypuff. So I don't know. This game continues to just impress. Um, I would like them to do more reveals, more cool reveals that aren't tied in with special events just to keep us on our toes. Because now we pr- pretty much expect something special every time we see an Nintendo Direct. But uh, but I don't know. I I wasn't expecting him to be in there for sure or anything. Um, but, oh, uh, no. but I'm psyched. I'm, I, as, a, as a non-fan of Punch-Out like I am, I'm excited to try playing as him. Yep. Even if he sucks in the air. They made they made a good point about that too. Yeah, I think that's fun too. You know, just any more anything else that makes the characters play in a unique way is mm. cool. Um, but uh, unless you guys have anything else to add in the uh, interest of time, do you want to move forward? Topic number two. <laughs> okay, yeah, you beat my right number guy. Uh, Mario Golf was also a, a big hit with us. Um, I don't know. I'll tell you. I said this last year when it was announced that I'm super freaking excited for this. Topic number three. Okay, hold on, slow your roll there. Oh, uh, are we not Mac. not that fast? Uh, okay. No, no, no. Uh, not little Mac fast. All right. <laughs> but um, I, I'm really, really excited for this. This is one of those two games I mentioned that's coming out in May that uh, that I just can't wait to buy day one. Um, this comes out May second, actually, which is about. 10 or 11 months after I think it was supposed to come out. So I don't know what took the delay, uh, what why that happened, but... I have um, a theory about that. Okay, please share. Castle Club. Okay, so you think that was just a new idea right at the end there? and they? Yeah, because you know what? The, the popular mode in the Game Boy Color games of uh, Mario Golf and Mario Tennis, and in the Game Boy Advance version of those games too, uh, people really like the RPG mode. Mm-hmm. They felt it added a, a layer of depth and, um, you know, just, you know, an extra mode with a lot of extra gameplay, um, besides just golf and tennis. Um, and then when Mario Tennis Open came out on a 3DS and was, you know, quote unquote, lacking that RPG mode, um, I think a lot of people were kind of disappointed about that. Um, so, you know, N- Nintendo, you know, they say that, uh, you know, some people anyway will say that Nintendo doesn't listen to its fans or whatever, but, I think they actually heard some of that, you know, either through, you know, whatever social media, you know, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, um, possibly even the Miiverse nowadays. Um, you know, they heard there's this point, like, what? There's no RPG mode? Like, what? what's up with that? You know, maybe I don't want to buy this game anymore. You know, the RPG mode is my favorite thing about the game, blah, blah, blah. And so Nintendo went back to, uh, to Camelot and said, Hey, you know, let's put in something there. Maybe Camelot's like, well, maybe, you know, we don't have enough. Space, maybe not have enough time for a full-on RPG mode. Let's do this other thing that you can use your me. You can, uh, you know, outfit them with different, uh, you know, 
clothes, clothes and clubs, balls, and all, all of it affects your uh, your different abilities like uh, spin, drive. Um, I'm sure there's other things that are weather related or, or anything else you know that it affects. Maybe I, I'm thinking this game's going to have a lot more not not an overly or overtly crazy amount, but uh, more Nintendo stuff in it as opposed to past games, which maybe only had like one course that had Nintendo stuff in it. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, there could be an option where you could wear a special, you know, shorts that will allow your ball to not get blown as far when uh, it hits a ba-bomb, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and I hope that it does that, because that, that makes it more fun. You know, I, I never really got into the RPG mode of the handhelds, because I barely played the handheld Mario Golfs. But uh, but I love the the console ones, which this seems to be just that. But with 3D graphics in the well, 3D effect, you know, um, which I think will look great. I can't wait to uh, really go into that. And then also with this RPG mode, but different in a way that's maybe more accessible to people who don't want to go through the whole battling everybody just to earn points. It seems like um, it's more customizable for just whatever you'd like, as opposed to like a necessity to get through the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That yeah, is, I agree. That's my perception and. Uh, and that gets me more excited for this thing. And it's a long wait, but I cannot wait any any longer. Like, ugh. yeah, I remember you were psyched about it last year. Yeah, I I can still feel the the sadness I felt when I heard it was suddenly off the the roster. Mm. And uh, and then I remember uh, Nintendo World, World Report did a news article shortly during or after E3 saying, "Could Mario Golf still be coming this?" this June, and I was like, yes, 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 woohoo! And then nothing came of it, so. Uh, yeah. You know, one thing I noticed when watching the Nintendo Direct again is, in, you know, they only really show the upper screen, so we don't really, unless it was in a previous trailer and I've forgotten, they don't really show too much of the bottom screen and, and how you play in terms of, uh, you know, selecting when to hit your shot, all that stuff. I'm sure it involves touchscreen controls i hope you can just do action button stuff because i'm very used to that and i do like that kind of uh play style but they have all that on the second screen and so it's not clogging up the the top screen which still has a lot of crap on it you know it has your wind it has all that stuff but it i think it's nice to remove at least at least a little something you know and, and give us a little bit more of uh of an open visual i guess without a hud fully uh, obscuring the, the screen, so it's a subtle but I think important bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I, I'm just very excited though, and I was very happy to see Nintendo-related courses and um, little touches. There's even a level, um, or at least a hole, uh, if not a whole course, um, that kind of looks like Yarn Yoshi, which we haven't really heard much about since it was announced, but it seems like it's still on Nintendo's mind. Or maybe that's what it became. <laughs> I don't know. I would think that that would indicate that it would still be coming. Right? Yeah. And maybe sooner than later. I mean, uh, the Yoshi game you know, that they did talk about, which we'll get to shortly, I think that's coming out next month in March. So you know, maybe they'll have something a little bit after Mario Golf comes out, the new Yoshi, maybe a summer game, you know, Maybe this is just their way of keeping it fresh in our minds while also having a nice aesthetic for the actual game itself uh, mm. until the game, the, the Yarn Yoshi game can release. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, Yarn Yoshi would be uh, kind of a winter game, though, right? 
I mean, maybe. I don't. I don't see either way. I mean, I guess if I had to pick a season for it, I guess winter would make some sense. Yeah, it's but yarn. I'm, it makes you feel nice. Well, right. That's. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm basing it off of. I mean, <laughs> I would want to wear a yarn Yoshi. I guess. I'm basing it on when I played Kirby's Epic Yarn, and I know I played that in the winter. I don't know if that means it came out in the winter, but yeah, yeah, it came out the uh, yeah at the end of uh, 2010, right? Probably. Well, that's that sounds all great. psychology. <laughs> Nintendo just wants to use puns like "let us warm you up with Yarn Yoshi." You know, there you ah, go. that's true. Um, I'm sure there's going to be like an ice boss or something. Just you know, don't like the winter ghoul or something. I don't know, uh, or not. Um, October 2010, Kirby's Epic Yarn. There you in go, America. Just when the chill hits. Nice. Yep. February in other regions. So, uh, moving on then, I guess. Um, Topic number three. I actually skipped this. I, I meant to have it earlier in, um, on my outline, but uh, X was shown. Some more footage from that. And that's all they really showed us. They didn't tell us much about it. They uh, pretty much Iwata just kind of said, hey, you want to see more of it? Well, we got, uh, we got like a minute and a half, so check it out. And uh, what did you guys think of it? Uh, looked. I, I don't. I don't think there was anything. Maybe I wasn't looking closely enough. I didn't see anything that uh, was like a surprise. I feel like it was more of what we knew about it already, but uh, just a more extended view, I yeah. guess. Looks well, a lot like Xenoblade. Yes, and that was pretty much the one thing it did succeed at was prove that it's a. It, it's more of a. Uh, a build upon of that game. Mm. You know what I mean? And Awada even made that comment that he was told by the team or whatever that they're basing a lot of it off of, a lot of the gameplay off of Xenoblade, which I think is good. I mean, I think the game, that game with that kind of focus and how the gameplay acts in that game deserves at least one sequel. I can see it getting tiring over sequel after sequel, but I think it's cool that we get kind of an HD Xenoblade out of this um, mm-hmm. with even bigger apes. On the you know on the field to fight with apparently now I'm with machine guns, um, but the trailer itself or the clip I shouldn't even call it a trailer, honestly in in retrospect did a disservice to me, well not a disservice I guess but didn't amp me up at all. It was very cool, but that opening trailer that we saw last year that had some flair to it and had some music to it, uh, it was secretive, and I think that did a lot more for me to get hyped over this game than watching the actual gameplay which pretty much just confirmed what I presumed it would look like, you know? Yeah, that first trailer was more cinematic. Absolutely, and, and that's what Xenoblade was really good at doing, is having a cinematic story, and while the gameplay was a lot of fun, I, you know, if you showed me just some footage of someone fighting on the Bionis leg, I wouldn't be that psyched about it, you know? Right. But you show me, you know, the Bionis itself and the, and the size of that damn creature, and then you realize there's a race living on it, like, that's, that whole cinematic thing uh would blow me away a lot more right so so it's not like it hurt them to show i think that they needed to just to remind people that this is coming out and uh still a 2014 game right now and uh and then it's going to be a lot like xenoblade i think that was their point to get across but i hope that in the next month or two they actually maybe release even if it doesn't show too much more but they release another kind of thematic trailer cinematic you know yeah mm-hmm. So basically, right now it's, it's it's Xenoblade with machine guns and uh and mechs. Yeah, yeah, 
or dolls as they're called, apparently. Yeah, yeah. dolls. <laughs> you know, was that weird to anybody else? That thing was just kind of like hanging out on the battlefield and then they can make characters over there. Like, it hey, felt like an right. obvious like plant, you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of gets at what, um, what I wanted to ask about was, do we know how uh, like the, the, the dolls are going to be uh, how can I put it? Like, do 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 they just live in a world where these dolls just sit around on the landscape? Do they just grow out of the ground? Or I don't think we know anything like that. That's okay. too detailed of a story thing, and we haven't because, been privy to that. Like when I played um, Xeno Gears, the very first one back on the PlayStation One, you know, each character had their own mech, and it was like, you know, it was like synonymous with the way a a knight has their like sword of choice you know it was like this is their mech and it kind of like represents their personality or whatever and i really liked that i really like that kind of dynamic but i'm in watching the clips for this game it's great that they're bringing the mechs back because i think that's kind of a sucker for for that whole anime super giant robot kind of thing but um i fighting robots are awesome of course but it's a little weird that it seems like I, I don't know if they don't even if they're not even their machinery if if it's just remnants of a of a battle or something and they're just around like I don't understand. I'm sure they'll have a story reason for for it you know mm-hmm. um, but I agree that if they didn't it, if it was just kind of a random thing it would feel really blah blase you know It'd be like, weird yeah and considering the game. Uh, Xenoblade, and presumably this one as well, takes such a pride in making sure that their story kind of makes sense. Mm. And even though Xenoblade can get crazy at times, I believe it within the context of the world, you know? Super so, crazy. Yeah, it, it is kind of weird just to have these giant, awesome robots sitting around. Yeah, I, th- I think in this world, um, yeah, the battle mechs are, uh, are just like cars for those people. And they're just kind of lying around. Like, the, the, the guy, like, what, what you don't see... Like just off screen is there's like a shopping mall right there, and somebody parked their mech out there. Is and there then, a doll dealership. Yeah, you know and the, the guys were up there. You know, oh, there, here's a here's a bad guy. You gotta gotta kill this monster. And oh, geez, I really need something bigger. Oh, here's a doll. Uh, you know, Grand Theft uh, Battle Mech. Boom. Yep. <laughs> now is this game called Cross or is it called X? <laughs> just got well done. That. Thank you. Well done. Um, did it again. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I think they'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Um, maybe you know. Maybe there's a war that leaves a bunch of these mechs just sitting around, and then you have mm. the power to pretty much have a universal key. You know what I mean? I mean, they could do a bunch of crap with it, but mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't think it did a lot to push forward my hype with the with the game. If yeah. they had, if they actually had like music underneath instead of just kind of a like no music just the fighting sounds um <laughs> i probably would have been much more hyped because i think the music in that first trailer was impeccable one of my favorite video game songs i heard all last year so um and yeah, the music in xenoblade is actually really good so uh hopefully yes. x or cross whatever this game ends up being uh delivered <laughs> on that front too yeah yeah I, I i have no doubts whatsoever that's one of the reasons i'm so excited for this game is for the soundtrack alone I wonder what what can we read into the fact that we still have this working title after all this time and not even like a I don't know like why do we think that is especially because 
it seems like half the title is already going to be there for you. It's going to be Zeno something, un- unless they just keep it as X. So yeah. you know, I, I feel like what Ronald could possibly Trump, be going on? Yeah, I feel like they don't really name their stuff. Um, like they don't have the final name until much later. I mean, Xenoblade was known as uh, Monado, beginning of the world, for like years until right. it finally came out. It's true. It's a good point. And so. two, I mean, maybe it'll give away something. Like we know now that Xenoblade was this big. Uh, well, I mean, where where in Xenoblade do they reference the Xenoblade? I mean, they call it the Monado. So is it actually referenced Xenoblade anywhere in the game? I don't know that it is. Yeah, no, looking I'm back, I certainly don't recall. Okay, so then it's not an issue necessarily of them being afraid that their final title will give away something. Um, but maybe it, it, it'll give too much about if this is a sequel to Xenoblade or something like that, you know? If it links at all. If they do have a final name, right. I don't know. Grant's, they probably I mean, don't even have one yet. They're lazy. Right. I mean, your your reasoning is probably more than enough. It probably is just a matter of they don't care to name it yet. And some artists, you know, don't want to name their their works of art until it's completed, until they can see it as a whole. Um, some filmmakers do that. You know, they'll have just tentative titles until they can see how everything came together and then find the best name for it. So. But uh, moving on, because I'm awesome at transitions, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the other, uh, the final of the main four games that, or the main four just things in general that we uh, felt we needed a for sure hit in this episode was Mario Kart 8, which Mario Grant, 8 F-Zero Edition. <laughs> yeah, which uh, which Grant and I actually had the pleasure of playing, um, you know, a year ago, and I'm glad that we didn't have to wait a whole year to actually own the thing, because May 30th is when this thing releases. And, uh, I mean, some basic notes I had put down here. Looks stellar. Um, I mean, that was my main thing. I mean, what do you guys think about how this game looks graphically lighting wise the lighting's so dynamic uh it's a, it's a definitely a good looking game um is it the best looking game so far on the on the Wii U um it is in my opinion i don't know i i am i <laughs> i'll be honest i you know as you guys know i just recently got my Wii U so i don't have that much experience at what's on the system but sure. uh yeah no i mean it, it's the best looking mario kart so far that's for sure 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 and Joe, so you feel that it is the best looking uh, Wii U game so far? Yeah, I kind of even after the you know it was revealed that uh, I guess maybe E three or something, and then I was watching some uh, just watching a recap video of it after the event, and I was I was I remember at that time being like, wow, you know this this game graphically is actually a lot more impressive than than first thought or than one would expect from a Mario Kart, and then even watching the Nintendo Direct just last week. Uh, actually, I, I downloaded it and, you know, so I watched it. It wasn't online, so I didn't have to stream it. So the quality was very good. And in watching that a couple times, I, you know, I found myself just being like, man, it's pretty impressive that this is all rendered in engine. That, you know, that this isn't, this is not pre-rendered cutscene that, that we're watching here, but it, it has that level of quality, I think. Right. They just have a dynamic camera sitting there and, Right. To, yeah. You know, put all that extra power. Like, I mean, Final Fantasy VII was a game I remember going crazy over the FMVs for that. But then they were just the FMVs, and the actual yes. game looked kind of like shit. I mean, at least especially nowadays, obviously. But uh, it just wasn't comparable, I should say. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to start any sort of arguments about, about <laughs> that. But better uh, not. <laughs> Mario Kart Eight 
definitely looks, I think, really great. I know Carlos, you know, he would come in here and say the same thing. Uh, I was really noticing the lighting in particular when I was watching uh, the trailer again today. The lighting is just so, so good. I mean, there's a lot of bloom. There's a lot of lights happening at once. A lot of things are affecting each other. Um, there's also a lot of detail in this game already. You can just tell that they just keep working at it and working at it. The carts and the bikes, they have such little subtle nuances. Mm-hmm. Um, there's decals. There's just a lot of creativity in each bike being different and each cart being different, which I think is cool that they kind of went that route again. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, though, that uh, it looks as good as it does. Because uh, typically speaking, I don't think that Mario Kart games are usually like uh, like showpieces for right, right, those graphics. Right. Yeah, I mean, they all look fine, but you know, not not like the pinnacle of what Nintendo does. Choco Mountain and uh, Toad's Turnpike uh, say hello. <laughs> In terms of examples <laughs> of of not looking too stellar, you know. Yeah. I still remember Choco uh, Choco Mountain's fun, but it looks like a, just a giant cocoa puff with sharp edges. You yep. know, like yep. nothing interesting about it at all. Yep. And uh, I guess Mario Kart Seven, I think, started trying to do that a little bit, and then. Um, I wouldn't even say Mario Kart DS was trying to do that per se. No, and I know Super Circuit sure, sure as hell didn't. You know, yeah. Well, um, certainly the the GBA and the DS versions, um, they were obviously very very constrained by their uh, by the hardware. True. Um, it's impressive what they pulled off with what they had, but um, I mean, even, I mean, I look go back and you play uh, Double Dash on GameCube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that is not the best GameCube graphics, you know. Whereas we can say, like, Mario Kart 8. Oh, yeah, Mario Kart 8 looks like the best-looking Wii U game. Yeah. Uh, You know, Double Dash, not so much. Sure. Mm. And and a lot of it, I think, goes into the lighting and the detail. And uh, it's not like there's a lot of texture work, per se. I mean, there there probably is more, especially if you go and analyze everything over and over. Um, Nintendo does seem to to put a lot of care into that in certain moments in their their, uh, developing. But... um, you know what else I noticed too? Um, when there's any kind of like explosion or flame being shown, it kind of looks more realistic. It's not like Mario cartoony looking flames. Yeah. It's kind of realistic looking. And, uh, at first I would thought like that wouldn't work. It like wouldn't mesh really well with, you know, the cartoony Mario, you know, visuals that that series is known for. But I kind of like it. <laughs> it looks kind of cool. Yeah, the the volcano in the trailer made me think that. Yeah. You know, when it kind of explodes, there's, again, that bloom lighting happens from it, but uh, it looks, it looks uh, just, I don't know, more realistic in, in a sense, of course, like you're saying. It, it looks more hardcore is what you're trying to get at. For <laughs> lack of a better word, sure. <laughs> um, um, actually, you know, you did remind me, one of the things I noticed in the trailer, um, I don't know if it was just my feet, I was watching it, you know, afterwards, so it wasn't like the live feed. But did you guys notice whenever the, like an item hit another cart or there's some kind of impact, there's like a, a brief stop? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely there. Yeah, was that just for the trailer? I mean, that kind of sucked that's part of the game. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't find myself too bothered by it, but I guess if I was actually playing, I would find that to be, well, I mean, you and I played the game and we didn't experience that when we demoed it. So, yeah, well, I, I couldn't really tell because I was like about five miles behind you. 
<laughs> well, uh, let's let bygones be bygones. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I, I'm gonna guess it was for the trailer to exemplify when these items were hitting to kind of shove down our throats. Look, items are back. Look how gorgeous the carts look, especially when they're smashing into items. You know, like this is what Mario Kart's about. Um, yeah, was, it's, I think you're right. It's probably just for cinematic player. What was the other game that did that? In Nintendo's history, there's one game, and I, I know I own it even, but uh, where when you hit something, there's that pause. Um, oh, I know what they do. All in the like platformers do that. What, what's that, Joe? Well, the platformers do that, if that's what you're thinking. Is when that you get like, hit by like Mario? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's and sometimes, the problem is in multiplayer, sometimes it's a real problem because you kind of, like if you're, I know for me, sometimes I'll be going, I'll, I'm running, I'm about to hit the jump button, and then like if Amy gets hit, then my hitting the jump button doesn't get registered because of that pause, like nothing gets registered during that pause, and so it actually does affect the gameplay a little bit, but it's definitely in that series. Yeah, I feel like they do that in Zelda as well. Like sometimes when Link uh, delivers like a final blow or like final Wind Waker, like, Wind Waker yeah. did that a lot. Well, yeah, it'll yeah. like stop for just a second and then continue. True. I think Matt Casabasino over at IGN uh, tried to coin the phrase the uh, the slash stop is Link's uh, sword blow. Hmm. Huh. That didn't really work out for him, did it? Yeah, it sure didn't. I was working at Apple. <laughs> That's what you get at. Um, just to keep the conversation moving, uh, so the other big thing that was shown in the trailer was the Koopa Kids, or the Koopalings. Koopa Kids. They're back, which I think is a pretty cool surprise. Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, I don't think it's, you know, genre-defining or, or life-changing, but I think it's pretty sweet. And, and they have all seven, so really, whoever you identify with, like, Roy Koopa 64 could be Roy Oh, Koopa, yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, in fact, I think he should invoke the rule now that only he can be Roy Koopa while playing online against Negative Worlders. But, um, He's going to have to enforce it. <laughs> well, he'll be called the enforcer uh, on the right. boards, too. So, it would uh, be pretty funny if he's just like, eh, I'm going to stick with Waluigi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, like, picks Wendy Koopa or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's pretty cool, and, and seeing all those guys again in full 3D is really nice. I mean, even though they're in uh, the new Super Mario Brothers series, they're not really full-fledged 3D models, per se. Uh, you don't get to see them up close like that. And uh, the one thing that does worry me, though, is is this going to be Nintendo's big, hey, here's new characters, and then be done? Or will mm -hmm. it be new characters who aren't the Koopalings? And I would kind of prefer they threw in a couple of those. Like mm, I think they're going to call it a day this i mean this is oh, that seven, stinks. seven at a time you know and like to they've have never like, been in the series before and they are integral to the mario franchise i think they're gonna call it that sucks because i like seeing uh like rosalina show up and wiggler you could uh, get a cranky con i could see that happening um well i'll tell you who needs to come back who donkey kong jr you know i could dig that that'd be interesting yeah, yeah he was in the first Super Mario Kart, and then never again. <laughs> I bet he's pissed. He, he might be, but in theory, isn't Donkey Kong Jr. supposed to be Donkey Kong? Yeah, the whole Maybe. thing is a cluster F. A cluster of banana peels? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Donkey Kong Jr. Mario Kart, um, I will say he actually did make a cameo in Double Dash. Did you guys notice that? No, we're at. 
um, in Waluigi Stadium. He's one of the spectators in the crowd. Oh, okay. Wow. That, that's a true fact. Go check it out. I, I believe you. <laughs> but um, Joe doesn't believe me. No. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. We don't want to be biased, Grant. We want to have you know both sides of the coin here. Um, that's how we run every conversation on this podcast, by the way. Oh, wait, wasn't Joe supposed to be the moderator? Something about Little Mac, or, or, or no, what was it? What were you hey, guys going to... I don't know, but you're just bringing it up to, to punish me. I know, but <laughs> all, all I know is Steven's buying Donkey Kong uh, Tropical Breed. So. <laughs> Leave me alone. Why do I talk? I shouldn't even talk. <laughs> and and our whole audience went, yes. <laughs> no. I Why? decree that Steven will buy the game if Second. Grant pays half. I, I would do that, yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Fair, but firm, but fair. If, if Grant pulled up to my house tomorrow with the game in hand and a satchel that could only hold $25 and quarters, <laughs> I would then take the game from him and fill that satchel with $25 and quarters. The satchel has to have a little dollar sign on it, though. <laughs> Actually, it has to have a rupee symbol on it. Oh, okay. Even better. And it has to be called a giant's wallet. Uh, anyway, let's now, move. Twenty-five. Is is the game only fifty bucks? Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. At least that's the price I saw. I, maybe I think Amazon is what I saw last. Uh, but I swore I saw it like in like in an upcoming ad for one of the stores, and it was supposed to be fifty bucks too. So I think that's cool. Um, yeah, Nintendo gave us a ten dollars discount since the game doesn't really use the gamepad. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. I don't know. <laughs> um. You know, why don't we just jump to that then really quick? Because uh, we did want to kind of talk about Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Um, comes out on the 21st, uh, known as tomorrow. And, um, or known as days ago to the people listening to this now. Uh, I'm obviously excited, but holding back. You guys seem pretty excited for it. Um, so I I'm guess... excited for you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, fair enough. But then my question is... Uh, it's just what what do you think of the trailer because the trailer was the final nail in the coffin for me as far as making me really hate myself for this decision that I'm holding myself to arbitrarily apparently but i mean it was a great looking trailer yes it was a very good looking trailer um <laughs> you know it it opens with that that owl enemy and yeah. then like goes into like the the, the flock and uh there's this like gigantic owl that just towers over everyone Mm-hmm. You know, he like smashes that banana, you know, just pisses off Donkey Kong and Cranky. You know, he's like the big owl steps out in the shadows. <laughs> he just puts his head forward. He's like, who? I'm I'm excited for all the enemies, Crack honestly. Up. Like the, the owl that you're talking about or like the polar bear with the giant hammer. Oh, yeah. That like King DDD's uh, pet polar bear, pretty much. Oh, right. Um. But I mean, they showcased water levels. They showcased uh, the animal friends. They showcased uh, a lot more of the dynamic level action that they had in the first one. But it seems even more detailed, more crazy, um, more. You're talking about like when the camera goes kind of like 3D ish. Yeah, when it goes 3D, or like uh, there's one shot in the trailer where Donkey Kong jumps and he grabs a vine, but then the vine, whatever it's attached to, kind of falls and there's a big swing and he breaks through a piece of glass. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I mean, this is all level designed perfectly because that's how the first game was. So I'm sure it's the same here, and it's all intentional and it's all wonderfully fluid. But it just has this great flair to it. It has a cinematic quality in itself. 
Yeah, definitely was cool. A lot of platformers don't have that. I mean, even Mario doesn't really have a cinematic quality to it, you know what I mean? Right. And so the fact that this has that, even when there's that big octopus who's kind of like clawing at you almost through the, the wall that you're swimming up past, and oh, yeah. I love it. I'm going to go pre-order that it right was now. In, um, that was in Donkey Kong Country Returns, too, I think. Uh, I think so. The same octopus, or was it something different? I thought it was the same. It, it could be. I mean, the first game was really stellar in the same ways. So what I wanted to point out with, with this trailer was just that uh, it's, you know, HD, and it uh, does all that, but seems to go the extra mile in every way. Yeah, Which there's one I'm part when, um, when Donkey Kong and it might have been Dixie or Cranky, I forget which one. But it's, uh, I, I think they're on a minecart or something, and then they like jump into a tornado. Right, right, yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. I mean, I don't know. It's ape shit, you know. It is. To, bananas. To, <laughs> it's bananas, yeah. <laughs> um, it looks great, though. And I will, whenever I do get it, I'm going to love the hell out of it. I just know it. And, well, tomorrow, uh, you, tomorrow you'll love it. And the trailer will hold me over. Um, I wonder if they'll try to release this on, on 3DS at some point, like they did the first one. If they do, I'm in. Yeah. Would you rebuy? Or are you I even going to buy this for the Wii U? I know you're, you know, pimping me out to it, but uh, are you planning on getting it? Um, I think I have to now that I stuck my neck out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't go, uh, I don't go retail though. I do all my Wii U purchases with the digital download. Oh, nice. So you're actually using that, uh, Oh no! Well, shoot. Can you even get the digital promotion because uh, when you got your Wii U? Uh, I don't think so. Oh. And my, mine's a basic set anyway. Oh, we'll see. Here, I have the promotion. I barely use it. Oh, but, uh, look at that! But anyway, moving on because again, we we are running out of time. Uh, I wish we had more time to talk about all this. Stuff. There's so much stuff. You know, listeners. Uh, you know, guests, hosts. There's just so much to talk about. Um, so Yoshi's New Island. That. I mean that that was there. <laughs> that was a thing uh, that existed. <laughs> and what do you guys think about that? It's coming out March fourteenth, so it's right around the corner. Yeah. It was um, you know, it kinda of was on the DL for a while and now it's it's here all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm in for this. I like the Yoshi games. Um except for Yoshi's story, I, I didn't care for that one. Uh but you know, Yoshi looks good. Um I like that it's kind of hailing back to the, the Super Nintendo version. Um, you know, it's got no time limit for the for the stages. Um, those huge, uh, what, what did uh, I want to call those? The Mega Egg Dozers? Yep, there's Mega Egg Dozers, which is the big one. And there's Metal Egg Dozer, which is the heavy one. Yeah, those those look like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny, too, because you wouldn't think an egg would be all that destructive because eggs are so fragile, but... Sure. The, these egg dozers are... Yeah. Yeah, they're no joke. <laughs> You know, what I was um, excited to see was the Flutter Wings, like from Super Mario World. Yeah. You know, but they're, I forget if they were actually in the original Yoshi's Island. Maybe I'm forgetting that fact, but I remember them from Super Mario World, and to see them kind of be a prominent power-up is pretty sweet. Actually, I, are they a power-up? Because I got the feeling that they were, um, they're kind of like the equivalent of the green block from uh, New Super Mario Brothers, like, like the Super Play. Oh, I didn't get that impression. I hope that's not the case, because I want to actually use it. Yeah, I thought but, so, because uh, Iwata was always like, oh, this is uh, in case you're not that good at action no, games. No, I, I think he he said that. 
Because that, that breaks my heart if that's the case. I thought that they were supposed to be like a special power up that made you, yes, invincible, but so you yourself could bust through certain things. Then maybe the egg would be too big to break through, but I guess that doesn't make sense. I don't know. We'll find out in a few weeks, but yeah, I'd be disappointed if that was the case. I'll tell you what, though. Speaking of uh, Yoshi just like breaking through stuff, that uh, that super Yoshi mode, mm-hmm. um, I forget what activates it, but that looked really cool. It's a cool. star of some kind. Yeah, he, he almost turns into a Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, running up and down walls and over right. cliffs and all stuff like that. I'm in for that. That was pretty cool. That was in uh, some of the past games. If not, I think it was in the original, wasn't it? In the original, when you got the star, um, Baby Mario would become like ah, right. Principal Mario. He could move without Yoshi, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yoshi would like go into an egg, and then um, Baby Mario would do all the running up the walls and across them through loop loops and all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, cool. Um, I guess you know, there's so many things. I have a, such a huge list here of things to talk about. So. Let's do this. Since we're running out of time, and you know, we always have other podcasts we can talk more about this stuff at. So let's each pick one more thing to talk about that we haven't yet, and and you know, say your piece on it. All right. So uh, Grant, you go first as our guest. Um, I'm gonna just mention Steel Diver Sub Wars. Okay. The contemplative FPS from Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, that's, and that's out now. That came out. It is out day, now. Right? I got the free version. Um, it's actually pretty fun. I think it's a, a huge step up from the original Steel Diver. Um, it's free. If you're looking for something, um, you know, kind of unique and different, um, definitely check it out. I mean, it's free, right? So what does anybody have to lose? Sure. Um, but yeah, pretty cool. I think I'm going to um, think this one over considering it's a contemplative uh, FPS, you know. <laughs> I need some time to think about it. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but seriously though, it's, it's a, it's a pretty good game and, um, correct me if I'm wrong, this is like the only, the, the second or third FPS from Nintendo. For the 3DS? I mean, just in general. Oh. Well, there's the Metroid Prime games and what else would there be? But I mean, this is direct from Nintendo, right? This isn't retro, which is, you know, a second party. Yeah. Yeah, because there was, um... The uh, the one with the ghosts, Geist. Geist, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that might have been their first. Who knows? So yeah, you could be right. This is one of the very few. Yeah, I, I know Geist was developed by N Space. Mm. But they, were they a second party then? I I, I doubt guess, it. I, I doubt it. I, N Space went on to do all the Call of Duty games for the DS. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. And then uh, most recently, they made the uh, Heroes of Ruin for the 3DS, which was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they're doing now. Hmm. Okay. But anyway, yeah, new FPS from Nintendo. Check so it out. You're having fun with it, though? Yeah. Um, I haven't gone online with it yet. I've just done the single-player stuff. Um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised at how, how much fun it was. All right. Uh, you know, based on that, I'll have to get that tomorrow. Um, yeah. And uh, only that. Uh, <laughs> and Donkey Kong. <laughs> does it come with Donkey Kong? If it does, then I'm in. Um, Maybe. But you have to buy Donkey Kong first, and then you get Sub, sub Wars. I'll tell you, I'm going to hate myself in a few months for even talking this much about this. You know, my my lack of uh, moving forward with Donkey Kong. It's just stupid. But I put myself in this position. <laughs> And we're, we're only giving you some friendly ribbon there, Steve. Yeah, but I feel like I've eaten up like half the podcast <laughs> getting you guys to talk about it. Um, 
We like talking about DK. That's true. And I guess it just reminds people how great it's going to be. That's what I'm aiming to do every time I bring it up. Uh, Joe, what, what would be your your one thing to focus on? My one thing to focus on is Emmy's final chapter in Professor Layton in the Azran Legacy. Okay. Um, now, big, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm an asshole for cutting you off right away, but uh, that's fine. It, I mean, it's just do we know that it's supposed to be focused on her? Because I guess that's what I was figuring they were trying to get at. Was well, that it's a heavy game for her? Yeah, well, that's uh, you are interpreting what I'm interpreting. I mean, okay. that's it's uh, before this Nintendo Direct, I did not know or anticipate that there would be such an emphasis on Emmy, uh, which and that actually got me thinking because okay, so this is her final go around with Professor Layton, obviously because she's not in the other trilogy which happened before these games right so she's not around so i'm wondering okay does she die in this game that would be maybe a little bit dark professor dark (laughs) i mean characters do die in professor layton but not main likable characters um but so either that or i haven't we heard that there was going to be rumor of like, they were going to keep making these kind of games, they just weren't going to star Professor Layton. Didn't they hmm. say that a while back? Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Which makes me wonder, then, is this title a transitionary game where they're going to kind of move Emmy into the spotlight, and then she could, you know, then the story branches off, and then the future games would be, like, follow the adventures of Emmy as she... Does exactly what Professor Layton did. Hmm. Maybe. Or like so a that's... teenage, like, angsty Luke. Oh, to go with her? Yeah. I don't know, because, well, no, Luke stays with the professor. I guess it depends on what, how chronologically they, they yeah, word yeah. things. And was... you know what? If that is what happens, uh, Emmy is an awesome character. So I do like her a lot, actually. She's probably my favorite. She's, like, it's, sometimes I don't really like the you know, when they have a character and the, the only point is just like, I'm the muscle or whatever. Like, I punch first and ask questions later or whatever. Mm-hmm. But her character is actually really well made. So I don't think she's one dimensional like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't see her as just like a bruiser or anything. Uh, she's just like a, she's a pretty cool character. So I would be, I would be happy if they did that. What yeah. exactly is her, is her uh, relationship to the professor? That's a good question. Like how she gets involved in the first place. I yeah. don't remember. Cause Luke is the apprentice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's a, is she not a photographer? Like some kind of journalist? That, that could be the case. And then, I mean, I think in the video they showed during the Nintendo Direct, they focused on a cutscene where like he's driving up or Professor Layton's driving down the road and then she kind of cuts him off. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember. I mean, I know one of the games I've played actually f- focused heavily on her story, but it's just been so long. I you know regretfully forget. But uh, I mean, maybe they could have met almost by accident, hitting like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then an accident that kind of sparked a conversation that sparked a friendship. Um, but they're just friends. They're not like romantically. No, 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 no. There is another woman I think which he had romantic links with that was explained in another game, but it wasn't her. Okay, so this isn't Emmy's game because, like, Professor Layton slept with her and then never called again. Right. 
Yeah, no. I don't I don't think that's happening yet. No. No. All right. Well, somebody's <laughs> writing a fan fiction about that right now. Somebody Eesh. wrote a fan fiction about that 4 years ago, I'm sure. I, I could be doing it right now as we speak. Somebody somebody <laughs> in New York is doing an off-Broadway production of that fanfic. <laughs> uh, with Muppets. <laughs> yeah, with Muppets. I love that. Um that they probably bought from the Nintendo World Store. So Right? Um it is, you know, I'm looking forward to it though. That's another yeah. game that I'm gonna wait on because I'm still working through the other one that I'm playing right now, uh, and I, I don't know. I, I the last one that I got, I've, I'm, I don't care about the story. I just want to play the puzzles, and I don't want that to be my experience with the Professor Layton game. So I need to buy it at the time that I'm in, I'm ready for it, as opposed to just mm-hmm. getting it because I need to or I feel I need to, and then trying to rush through it. So I. I as silly as that sounds, I feel like I need to just wait on this one. Let it sit there. Let Maybe someone buys it as a gift, but I'll, I'll get it by the end of the year for sure. Mm-hmm. Whether I buy I think, it myself or not. I think we're going to end up getting it day one because uh, Amy has requested it as her birthday gift. Her birthday is uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so so I think we're just, we're just going to go and get it. It doesn't come out until I think the 28th or something. So... We're gonna get it then, and I think we're just gonna start playing it because now, because we don't have anything else really on the backlog. So, mm-hmm. as far as that, the two of us play together. So, I was gonna say, man, an empty backlog. I am so jealous. Yeah. Well, we're we're pretty good about it. We about two, maybe three years ago, we tried to self-impose this policy of not buying games until we are ready to begin them. Uh, and it's worked pretty well. And I also am the type who just like, I kind of play like one game at a time and then play it till I finish it. So I don't, I don't have too many of those like half started games or anything. So I'm looking at my backlog of like all games going back in history and it's like 10 ish. So I'm impressed by your tenacity. Thank you. Some would call it obsessive compulsive disorder, but yes, let's call it tenacity. If, if, it keeps, if it keeps a good, uh, you know, relatively clean backlog, that's yeah, impressive. Yeah. I mean, in order for me to like cut down on my backlog, I had to stop buying video game consoles. Uh-huh. I, I, like, I didn't buy a PS4, didn't get an Xbox One. You know, I haven't bought a Vita, at least not yet. <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't have even gotten the Wii U if it wasn't for my kid who really <laughs> desperately wanted one. I was there, uh, not maybe when your kid started wanting it, but I was there uh, when your friend pretty much brainwashed your kid to uh, to get on your ass about it every day. Yeah, that happened. That was funny as hell. <laughs> your kid's adorable, though. He he deserves a Wii U. Yeah, he he does love it. He, yeah, he's he a good kid. Quite a lot. So, Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I mean, just so... Joe and the audience have context. You know, when when Grant and I went uh, to the Best Buy event, he brought his son and uh, and then his buddy. What was your friend's name? Uh, Joe, actually. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. So Joe, uh, Michigan Joe, we'll call him. And uh, and it was a good time though. It was a good bonding experience. I never met either of those guys before, so it was cool. But uh, all right, then I guess you know the one thing I'll bring up really quick uh, and really really quick. Um, you know, Joe, maybe we can talk about the rest of the things on, on the next podcast just to make sure we touch upon them. Because, there, again, there's a lot of cool stuff here. But uh, the th- one thing that really shocked me the most was probably NES Remix Volume 2. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I gave no concern to NES Remix 1 because I just did not find it interesting. Some people did like it a lot, and I 
I probably would like to go back to it at some point and maybe try it in some way if I didn't have to pay for it, I guess. Um, before I actually paid money, I'd like to try it first is my point. But NES Remix Volume 2, right away, I look like, you know, I, I get this feeling that I would like to, to own that. And I plan to. Uh, April 25th when it releases. Um, they've got, I think it's 12 different games, and they're all from later later games in the NES life cycle, which brings to, what was that, Andrew's point, Joe? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was saying he was that he, talking about the earlier, it was all the earlier ones. Yeah, so he had a gut feeling that that was for a reason, and then look, then this happened, so good on him for that. Uh, the games that are in this one would be Ice Hockey, Wario's Woods, The Adventure of Link, uh, which is Zelda 2, uh, Super Mario Bros. 2, Dr. Mario, Kirby's Adventure, Super Mario Bros. 3, Kid Icarus, Punch-Out, Metroid, Mario Open Golf, and then Super Mario Bros. 2 Japan, uh, which is definitely different enough than American, um, the American Super Mario Bros. 2, so I think it's just really cool. I mean, the remix stages look really fun. Uh, the one example they showed was like giant booze chasing Zel or chasing Link um mm-hmm. from Zelda two as he fights a hammer brother yep. in one of the Zelda two dungeons, so it's like a you know, a happy cacophony of Nintendoness. And uh it also comes with Super Luigi Bros, you know, to really push out the whole Luigi uh theme, even though I think the year Luigi ends in March is what they said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is uh this is some I don't know what's so special about that date. That's weird. I want to know what they're doing for the last day or something. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like I had that in my head all year. So I think they just said that. Maybe maybe the first game they launched to start it was, right, was launched back in March. Maybe. maybe it was Dark Moon or something. And so yeah, when did Dark Moon come out? The Around calendar, that time. It was, it was calendar March, I think. Year yeah, you're probably then. right. But, uh, but either way, Super Luigi Brothers is uh, pretty much Super Mario Brothers, but with Luigi and his high jump and you play from right to left, which honestly would screw with me so bad. They, <laughs> they had one level in the uh, NES Remix Volume 1, but this is the whole entirety of the game done that way. So I can't imagine You're... I'm, I'm going to go through and play that, but it's cool to have. It's a cool freebie to throw in with the game that's yeah. already a pretty full package. From a company that very likely thought about, heavily thought about making us pay for it. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. You know, um, and so you know, not to jump ahead of myself, but I'm wondering if this sets us up for a Super NES remix to be released, like for the holiday season, because you I know would, they're going to. I would going. think so. Yeah, and I would hope so. And I presume this is the end of the NES remixes because Wario's Woods was the last NES game to be made, and mm. at that point, the Super NES actually was out already. So I'm thinking now they would jump to Super NES remix. You know, before you know, we know what I'm it, really looking forward to, and I hope it happens, because Super Mario Brothers 3 is one of the featured games within this game, I hope they finally, finally release that game. Super Mario Brothers 3. Oh, on full yeah. Count. They promised that, and then they never did it, huh? Yeah. I mean, Nintendo's not above reproach about, you know, breaking promises and whatnot, but they said it would come out in 2013. And, like, I own Super Mario Bros. 3 in, like, 17 other different ways, but, like, I want it now. You my want that 18 I'm like, Nintendo, why do you tease me? Yeah, what's I, the only weird thing about this to me, I mean, delays happen with them all the time, but they've not mentioned it at all. They've yeah. not re-promised it. They've not given a clue to when it would happen. So, it's a major, well, the thing is, it, 
there's no way they could have just forgotten. You know what I mean? Or just put on the back burner without really caring too much. They know it's an important thing. There's been an outcry. So what the hell, you know? Well, actually, I wonder, because, like, you know, there's, what, two guys working at the Virtual Council, uh, you know, section of Nintendo. <laughs> like, hey, you brought Super Mario Bros. 3, right? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. Okay. And then, like, they both just forgot about it. <laughs> I feel like it's a it's a two-headed man or something. Like, so not even two sets of hands, you know? <laughs> right. Two brains, but one, they, one pair of hands. They both think the other one did it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Years ago. <laughs> oh, that's weird. But probably true. So, who knows? I don't know. But yeah, so I'm actually looking forward to that. And maybe I'd be interested to go back to NES Remix Volume 1 afterwards, but probably not. I don't know. Dude, NES Remix is actually pretty fun. Is That's it? one of uh, my probably one of my most played Wii U games. Even if you're not too big on a lot of the games within it? Um, well, your, your mileage will definitely vary there. Right. Um, but there's enough, like, you're not playing through the entire game. It'll be just, like, one challenge within that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you only spend, like, a couple of minutes on them each. Okay. Okay. I should look into that. I should honestly give it some more respect. I, I love my NES. I own two of them, for God's sake. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, you know, I, it would be worth my time to give it a shot. You know, one thing I do hope they also do, um, actually, maybe before they even do the Super NES Remix... Just put out a game like this for the 3DS that's the Game Boy Remix. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Now that needs to happen first. I agree with that. That'd yeah, be cool. I'd, I'd buy that. Like, that'd be an insta-buy for sure. You know what? I wouldn't put it past them to be thinking about that already. I, I think that'd be that'd be in the uh, in the cards. Yeah, for sure. So. I mean, I, I need another 3DS game to buy. Like, I need another hole in my head, but yeah, I, was gonna <laughs> I say. would do it. I would do it. But, um... Yeah, cool, cool. You know, we definitely need to talk about this at greater length on future podcasts because I think there's a lot more mileage in this topic and, and the ideas that could flow. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely come back to this later, but we probably should wrap it up. Uh, as much as I wish that this could have been like a, um, you know, a three-hour recording, but, uh, yeah, it's not. So, <laughs> you know, I, again, I want to thank the listeners. um for dealing with me and my babbling today and i want to thank you guys for uh for joining me um but this wraps up sorry and then i cut you off when you're trying to respond to me (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying the pleasure's ours oh (laughs) um yeah because i'm i'm just a big cluster uh of sleepiness anyway so see i was trying to be clever i couldn't be clutter uh clutter (laughs) fuck me i really should edit the hell out of this podcast but Great, not... All right, but goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I need to do. I just need to be like, it just needs to end abruptly. Yeah. Um, or not even end abruptly, but just put blank space for the next like four minutes, and then people will not know what the hell. Then, then all of a sudden, the end credit music, you know? Yeah. Or instead of just cutting just it, end it like the Sopranos did. <laughs> what was it like a gunshot and then black? Yeah, basically. Um. Oh, anyway, uh, yeah, so this wraps up another episode of the Naked World Podcast. Um, we'd like, you know, we'd like you to comment on what you've heard. Unless it's going to be negative about me, then just keep it to yourself. But if you do want to comment in general, you know, head over to negativeworld.org. Uh, find the thread associated with this episode. Um, if you don't want to subscribe to Negative World, you can reach us through the Facebook page. you got to search for negativeworld.org there. And you can also follow us on Twitter, which is at negative underscore world. Thanks to everybody for bearing with me. And uh, 
and join us next time when Steven's brain will be with us <laughs> thanks everybody and uh, join us next time I promise to be more coherent so. sounds good thank you Steven yeah, later guys GDG Bye.